On this week's episode of Friend Code, we're talking about the recent Smash Brothers Direct, the Zelda timeline gets updated, and how do you pronounce the Nintendo Entertainment System when it's abbreviated? Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani, and I'm joined by special guest, Matt Simmons. Hello everyone. And Kyle Bossman. Hello everyone. We got a lot to talk about. Yes. Yeah, you picked a, a great day for all of this. This is a lot of good stuff. Uh, before we dive in, I just need to make one statement of clarification. No corrections, it's a clarification. I would just like to say... The explanation for the last episode why I talked about Resident Evil Two oh boy. is because I saw it at San Diego. I saw it at San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, we needed to provide coverage for it because we were given an appointment by Capcom. It is an official press appointment, and they were expecting some form of coverage of that game from us. Um, everyone was busy that week. I, I, I pitched some ideas around and uh, like just to do like a one-off. No one had time that week. And uh, I don't have control of other people's shows. Everyone's like, Damiani, you just talked about it on the Easy Allies podcast. I'm like, I'm not Kyle Bossman. Mm-hmm. I don't pick the topic. Yep. If I tried to do that, Kyle would have been like... I would have said no. There you go. You no. would have had like that. Yeah. Uh, ben already had frame chat done. And uh, yeah, just I had to do it somewhere. Friend Code was the only place it was going to work out. So it was an obligation. It, we, I was obligated to provide that coverage and do it. That was the only place to do it. It was not me trolling. It was not intentionally trolling. But I do hope all of you understand and aren't too angry about that. So, you know, thank you for hearing my explanation and trying to be understanding about it. Damiani, to me, that sounded like an apology. Maybe. A little bit. (laughs) Maybe. I'm just going to throw my two cents on that. (laughs) Well, I don't want to apologize for coverage is the thing. But I I do want to say, like... Bad, bad. My bad on not being more forthcoming on why we did it in sure. that episode. I got you. And I did have a little bit of a smug attitude when I was like, "This is my thing. I'm gonna do it." And, you know, kind of like egged on by Huber. She was like, "Yo, Resident Evil 2. Let's talk about that all the time." It was me. I'm not gonna put on Huber. That was nothing of Huber. I'll got- tell you. I'll tell you a coverage thing that I feel bad about. Oh, what? I was sent a, a code for uh, the Final Fantasy fishing game. Oh yeah. The VR one. Yeah, the VR yeah, one. Kyle. Yeah. And I uh, haven't started it, haven't downloaded it, but like uh, the PR rep was like, hey, how did you got any videos? Send me a link when you got a video. It's just mm. I haven't resp- I, I have not. Oh, man. We we didn't get sent it, but but I have videos of it. <laughs> Do you like it? It's cute. I don't know how to. I mean, that's probably a weird thing to say, but. That's, right, um, that's the right word. Because it's still within the, the universe of 15, of course, but they kind of put like, you know, a serious backstory into the fishing mini game cool like it starts out kind of really dramatic and then it then it like eases off and then you kind of just doing whatever and then they had like boss fights into it like i don't know how like uh, yeah like it's what? so weird because big fish they do this thing where they kind of combine a light gun shooter with fishing Sick. like you have to weaken the fish and then and then fish it out like it, it, it's it's a clever it's a clever cute little thing uh i am now going to send this link to square enix there you go. We covered it. We, we just fulfilled another obligation. <laughs> obligation fulfilled. And just so you know, like, we're not making this up. Like, you you have to have heard on some streams before Blood were saying, like, when we ask for codes and stuff, like, we want, we got to do coverage, basically. Yes. Like, yeah. we will not just, like, ask for stuff and then, like, unless we feel like we're going to do something with it. Otherwise, you know, it's kind of like, it's not very professional. Yes. So, now with that out of the way, let's talk about some fun stuff. Yes. Let's start with this morning's Super Smash Brothers Direct 
Uh, Kyle and Brendan reacted to it this morning. Mm -hmm. I know you did as well, Simmons. Uh, I sure did. And I want to say real quick before we get into the questions for this, holy shit, this game really is ultimate. Like, <laughs> it's ultimate, man. E3 plus this, mm -hmm. maybe, like that title, it's, it's so deserving of that title. So deserved. Yeah, because usually it's kind of like, like sort of like Ubisoft PR speak. Mm -hmm. You know, you know the iconic hat. You know, the iconic this or like you know the old. This is actually a little bit more another realmy where it's like it's ultimate or KIE shit. This kind of earns it a little bit, a lot, a lot more than than most games because most games don't have like seventy three characters. Yeah, in their roster, you know, and and covering like five third parties as well as first parties. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how you guys. What did you guys? Okay, honest to God, what did you think, uh, Simon, at the beginning? Like, how was your sort of like gut feeling on it? Because to me, yeah, the Castlevania reveal. Like, how do you like? How do you take? I that? was not shocked because it was heavily rumored going into E3. Yeah. So when it showed up, I was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, the it was a little dampened a bit just because I I kind of we'd heard rumblings of it, but then the CG was super good. Yep. And then. Then Richter jumped in. And then I was like, oh, they're going all out for it. Okay. And it didn't stop there with Richter. Yeah. It's just that more right, and more exactly. cards here. Yeah, how do you we like the, the stuff about the stage? Yeah, the stage. Let's talk yeah. about the stage. How do you like all the details about the stage? The the Dracula I like it. going I kind up of, the stairs? In Smash Bros., I kind of hate bosses. I don't okay. like bosses showing up in a Smash Bros. But match. That's, that's an interesting thing, though. Hmm. Because he they said, when they said bosses, like jumping a little bit ahead, they said... Uh, Rathalos is a boss yes. and an assist. And I'm like, and that area that Rathalos is in from Monster Hunter 4 yeah. doesn't look like a stage. And he's a boss. I'm thinking that's an adventure mode. Ooh, we skipped ahead to something really exciting. Because it wasn't that was not talked about in the direct. They they blurred something out. Yeah. But when they had Castlevania once in a blue moon and they teased another silhouette. Uh, even beyond Dracula, and then they had the Rathalos on an area that did not look like a m traditional Because it's map. flat. If you haven't seen it, it's yeah. just a big, it, it was flat, super flat stage. Now, Bridge of Elden's also flat, but it is also a bridge. It has a certain look to it. This looked a lot like when you fought, uh, I think it's Rayquaza in Brawl, when you're just kind of like on that flat plains by the lake, and then oh, yeah. Yeah, and he yeah. just comes out, and you just fight him there. I'm like, that looks a lot like stuff from adventure mode and subspace to me. Yeah, I mean Bridge of Elden has gimmicks too. It's like roar, roar, and like yeah. the, the things yeah, are like King falling Bulbos out. Runs out yeah, yeah, so that's a really good theory because we saw no gimmicks in that stage other than Rathalos. Yeah. And it didn't even look like it even had anything else going on other than hey, by the way, this 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 looks like Monster Hunter 4. Yeah. So that was the surprising thing cuz cuz when they showed Dracula and it's like, "Oh, he's a boss." I'm like, Yellow Devil or actual subspace? Because subspace had bosses yeah. that weren't assist trophies or anything. Because the Castlevania stage, they, they showed multiple bosses. Dracula is going to be a special event. They even put like the list of bosses and put question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. But then they did talk about Dracula. So what's what's the secret behind this? So get, it, I think this does get you thinking. At least I, I don't know if you agree. This, this makes you think about... Is there gonna be a story adventure mode type thing? Is this, is this all alluding to something like that? Um, before we get too deep into that, though, let's keep going through the, some of the announcements here. Sure. How did you feel about the, the Echo Fighters announced Crom and Dark Samus? Dark Samus, yes. Crom snooze. Boy. Wow. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm wow. kind of in the same boat with you there, where I was like, 
Dark Samus wasn't wasn't mind blowing because it, it had been an assist trophy, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm I'm glad Metroid's getting another rep. Yeah. And then Crom is like, okay, what, another one. Yes. <laughs> another it, one from Awakening. Awakening. Yes. And yeah. another one from Awakening. I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm just sitting here like, why couldn't it have been Lin? Why not Lin? But no, it's it's Crom. And yeah. Cause, almost because like they teased it in that in the Smash Four. Oh yeah, in the Robin in the arena thing, yeah, that, that in the Robin trailer. trailer yeah. Maybe I'll get my chance some other day. And it's like, okay, oh, we teased it then. Now, now we'll we'll bring him in officially. And I don't know if you saw, he's an Echo of Roy. Oh, I didn't um, realize it was different. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, on the website it lists Roy Echo for for Crom. Cool. So, inter- kind of interesting, I right. guess. <laughs> I think it's neat that they have those two. Neither one of them like got me excited. Right. Was, Daisy was, like, was way huger. In fact, like Dark oh, Sam, Daisy, yeah. Dark yeah. Sam's like. Okay, cool. I don't care. It's like whatever. She has cool movement. I like a. She I looks mean, like I, a creep. When I she guess so. I guess maybe we need to play it to see the, like what's the big deal about it. Oh, the differences seem almost negligible. Yeah. You know, I I can't really notice a difference. I don't think there will be. Because because yeah. when it was an assist trophy, um, Dark Sam's because you know it's just like just like a blob of like aether or something like that, right? Or She's from two, right? Metal Gear, or sorry, Metroid Dark, Prime Two. Dark Samus is Metroid Prime Two. At least that yes. model looked like Metroid Prime yeah, Two. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Wasn't it around in three as well? Might have been. Anyways, point is, like, when she's in a sister trophy, she does Wait. this thing where she smishes the ground and, like, all these things come out of the ground. And she has these tracking orbs that go in the air. But I don't think she has any of that yeah. in, in as a playable character. She is truly just an Echo. Yeah. Uh, although, I think her final smash was, like, the old... It's just it Samus's, right? It was it's just, just the a big, big giant beam. beam. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. eh, kind of excited, kind of, but not mind blowing. Yeah, I'm excited for more echoes. I I really actually like oh, the idea of echo characters. They're probably going to be a lot more that we like haven't heard of because they're so they're kind of are brilliant because they really aren't new characters. This yeah. maybe new models, new aesthetics, but the move set they don't have to do all that work to to basically change up a lot. And what's funny is it's simply the branding that used to bother me so much. Like when I was like Wolf, come on, nobody wants this. It's like why is why is that guy in this? And now that's like Wolf's an Echo character. It's like okay, cool. You know what I mean? Uh, actually, I don't think I think he gets his own slot. I don't. Think I he's believe he's to considered a, a little bit unique because yeah, uh, the way his shield works and how his gun has like a, a hitbox on it. Sure. So even if you, you can get pistol whipped with it because of the little blade on the end, so yeah, he's technically different. <laughs> I know. Technically, is his, Doctor Mario an Echo? B, his forward B is is a, is a little different. Is Dr. Mario an Echo? I don't think he is either. No. I think Dr. Mario but, gets his own slot. But his properties uh, changed a lot because he has the original down B, which is the spinning, you know, the little tornado spin, mm-hmm. where Mario pulls out the flood now. Sure. So it actually changed, and um, his pills have, like, a bouncing mechanic, whereas Mario's fireballs have a different bouncing mechanic to it. So yeah. it's like... There, I, I can go into this. I can get into the details if you want, but it's like, yes, Things Sakurai yes. wants you to notice. Yes, for sure. exactly. Uh, one other, the, probably maybe the biggest announcement, you could argue, uh, King K. Rule. How, are, are you excited about this character being in here? And two, what did you think about that reveal? Because I like them being, I like Nintendo being playful with that reveal. The reveal is 10 out of 10. Yeah. That was a great reveal. And, 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 uh, I mean, you're probably aware of this, that Sakurai does the voice for King DDD. Yes. So when he's doing the thing and he, and he fakes out and he's laughing, her, 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 I'm like, that's Sakurai literally trolling the internet. Yes. <laughs> I think he knows. I think he knows how bad of a character King K. Rule actually is, but he's like, fine, you want him? I'm going to make him work. I'm going to make him into a Smash character. It's, it's a little bizarre to me because... Um, I love the Donkey Kong Country series. Mm-hmm. Like, 
especially Tropical Freeze and, you know, like, one and two. I was the person going, like, why does everyone want King K. Rule so bad? I'm like, yeah. I don't get it. Like, I, no, I, I love the games, but I'm like, what's he going to do? Throw his crown? Like, I mean. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> and, you know, like, he's just belly flop on you. I mean, I was smiling the whole time through that trailer just because it was so ridiculous, just the idea that it's even happening. Yeah. But. He was always one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm a big fan of those games. Love those games. Like, well, don't you want King K. Rool? Eh. <laughs> yeah. Like, it take, take it or leave it for me most honestly on that character. But I'm glad he's here. I love the characters bouncing off his head. Yeah. Like, nod to, the, like, the, the boss battle mechanics. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Little I like touches him. touches like that. I like his deflect. He clearly mm-hmm. has a counter with his big golden mm-hmm. belly. Yeah. The, the punch yeah. from DK64. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so if you notice, there, every move is from each one of the games, where he has the yeah. crown throw from one, he does the pirate out with the gun, oh, yeah. Yeah. the blunderbuss, and then he does uh, the jetpack for the three. helicopter thing from three, and he has the p- boxing gloves from DK64. So I th- I thought the hat was an alternate costume. So every time he does that, it, like the hat pops out. I'm too. not a hundred percent sure on that, but he definitely has a blunderbuss. Yes, a big old yeah, it's huge. So yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if the hat is a costume, and that is actually an excellent point because it may yeah. be a costume. Yeah, he's got to have at least one alt thing. So right. maybe that's it. They Looks showed, good though. They showed I mean, a couple things on the website where it was like um, purple and pinkish colors, cool. like other like other Kremlin colors they had in the game where he could be. Those other like weird off colors <laughs> that they used. Yeah. So that's neat. <laughs> he's he's like the character I didn't know I wanted. Yeah. I'm happy for him to yeah. be there actually, Damiani. I, I like, I like sh- the side by side shot with him and Bowser, just showing. Yeah, like you got a new big guy in town. Yeah. Better watch out. Um, there was a lot of other stuff though. They were not done. New okay. characters, new characters, new Echo Fighters was part of it. Uh, they wanted to like, kind of like beat their chest a little bit with this uh, this direct. They were like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, so let's talk about stages. Okay. Over 100 stages, 103 actually if you count these ones. And if you count all the Omega versions, it's kind of closer to 300. And yeah. uh, we got over 800 tracks of music. And if you throw in all the menu and fanfare variants, it's 900. I was like... Okay, we got a lot of stuff in here. They talked about all like the the, the, the stages in here, uh, all these customization options. Uh, special, uh, we can talk about all this individually in just a second. Sure. Shoutouts to stamina mode and the final smash meter mechanic they introduced to I'm make sorry. it more like a traditional fighting game. Um, classic mode coming back, uh, at the very least. The training stage stuff. Yeah. With all the data now that players are going to be able to get, care about competitive level of play, now we'll be able to break down everything in that stage, like trajectories on based on percentages, like frame data, all that stuff's going to be there. And there's still more to come because we talked a little bit about that blurred out mode in the greens. He like, knows what he's doing. What is this? Yes. So, um, you know what it is. All this stuff that was not say, like the thing I want to ask before we move into the Q&A stuff is, were you impressed with this direct? Like all this information is like like, did you feel good about this? And were, did you say wow at the end? I would say I was impressed that it came out two months after E three. Yeah, like to me that was kind of like wow, that was a lot of info dump. That was only two months after E three, and it's still like you know a good four plus months till launch. So I'm like, I'm impressed they they held all that that info back, and then released. And then I thought, okay, here's the deal. They probably didn't have Simon and K. Rule in a playable state. And at E3, they wanted all the new announced characters to be playable. Yeah. You know, I don't, actually, I don't think Daisy was, but Echo. Uh, so I think the idea was like, we don't want to like reveal new characters and then not have them playable. We wanted them to play stuff we announced. And so maybe that's why they held off, at least on the characters a bit. Um, but it is interesting that, that there still was so much to talk about because. 
those those treehouse lives, you know, they go for like an hour each, mm-hmm. you know, and he could they they could have gone over all of that during the E3, uh, you know, treehouse segment. So, yeah, I'm 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 more just impressed on the timing of this thing and the fact that they didn't talk about it at all at Evo, <laughs> even though they were an official sponsor. Yeah. They were an official sponsor. They didn't want to say nothing. They announced the direct at Evo. Right. That was their announcement. Yeah. It's like, hey, we got a direct coming up. Part of me wonders yeah. if that's a little bit of bitterness over the fact that they. They they chose uh, uh, you know Mealy over Part Four yeah for their grand grand finals in in the big arena on Sunday yeah which I wonder if that, that was a little bit like you know I'm not gonna give you a bone when you keep you know trying to like you know you're not you're not promoting the newest game you're promoting like an older one kind you of you know thing. what I was curious about I wondered I didn't even look how how many people were watching this on Twitch and if it is more or less than how many people were watching the grand finals of Melee. I think there are probably more people watching Grand Finals Melee. I think so, too. That's, yeah. a, that's like a huge captive audience. I mean, yeah. wh- eh, whatever. Well, there was like a real weird controversy where like the, the, the final contestants for Smash 4, because they played on, on Saturday, kind of like not not Grand Finals. Oh, So they kind of yes. got a little like sidetrack or, or side, you know, what do you, what do you call it? Fridged or whatever. Uh, and, and they just started just goofing off mm-hmm. in their final match. And a ref came out and was like, you guys have to compete. Yes. <laughs> and I was kind of like, well... They they know they know the game's not coming back next year. They know they've already been sidelined hard. The announcers like, knew it's not coming like, back next year. Like yeah. Everyone was yeah. just everyone had just kind of blown it off completely. Yeah. So I I could kind of see where maybe, but you know it was cool though because Nintendo did go there and they did bring you know the the E3 build a Smash Ultimate. So they did. That was, yeah. That's oh yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. And then they even they even split it up between uh, uh for glory or for fun matches. Um. But yeah, I, I I always stuck to for fun personally. But then I saw because of for fun was four player and the line was moving way faster. Yeah, all the uh, all the uh, Smash pros were jumping in that line yeah. too. Yeah, at Evo <laughs> I would not want not want to do for glory. I would absolutely not. No. Yeah. Um, that's cool though. I didn't realize they were supporting it that much. Do they do they put money into the pots for the winners? No, oh, they okay. don't put. They don't I, don't, get, I don't. They, they were don't they money. were sponsors, but I don't think that that equated to to uh bonuses or, or whatever the, for winners i think it was just you know hey we'll sponsor you we'll pay for you know some of your cost of the venue kind of thing like gotcha. that, that I was, think that's what it the was. whole thing was what sakurai's interview we talked about on a few friend codes ago the whole thing that like players competing for money so the glory of the game you know for honor basically mm-hmm. is uh not what the not a not a philosophy they like to subscribe to at nintendo essentially that, that was one of the Sakurai comments about competitive okay. play, I believe. All right. However, with competitive play, yeah. I feel that that does open up a little bit to the meter mechanic. Now, mm. how do you all feel about love it. a Final Smash meter? I hate Smash Balls. I love Final Smashes. <laughs> and so I'm so pumped. This is 100% what I, I, I want. I think it allows them to bring in Final Smashes into con- like e- like competitive tournaments in a way that I think competitive players will agree upon as a more... Fair. Balanced, yeah, balanced way of approaching it kind than of. than a ball floating around. I mean, it's, it's less still te- an instant kill a lot yeah, of times. It, it's, it's less still tension like, yeah. because it's like, oh my god, get like it might make for less entertain entertaining uh, spectatorship if you're not seeing that like moment of tension. Yeah. But in terms of like a more competitive play, like higher level of play, it might start. It might lead to that. Who knows? We'll have to see. But it is an interesting concept. Concept, and it's optional. It's not like they're going with that and nothing else. They did yeah. not kill the Smash Ball. 
this is something that's still going to be there. It's set to off. You have to yeah. seek that out. They, yeah. Uh, it was funny because they actually uh, started by saying, here's an option. Yes. Before we explain the mechanic. We want to let you know this is optional. Yes. Uh, for me, it was almost kind of like, it was just, it was just funny to me watching it because uh, six months a year, no, probably more, probably more like a year ago or more uh, when, when me and, uh, uh, you know, the people I work with, Max in particular, Maximilian dude, uh, he was always arguing like they should add a new mechanic. Like, they should build up a smash break, kind of like how Little Mac builds up his big you yeah. know punch. And he's like, that would be really cool because I really hate he really hates the idea of a smash ball and how it has like the sort of AI and it kind of favors the loser and yeah. all that jazz. And and I'm just kind of like ah, yeah, I'm like you, and I'm kind of always uh, ribbing him a bit by saying like you just want meter and everything. You just want the, every fighting game to be homogenized. <laughs> the yeah. same thing. But the I think just thinking on it a little more, where it's like you know what you know. This is going to make some interesting matches because it's not. They said it is. It will be a weaker version. Like you're not going to get a mm. the same. Oh, I didn't realize that. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. not the same damage output as a uh, Smash Final. Final then it, Smash then it could Smash work ball. competitively. It's, if it's not an instant yeah. kill all the time, it could work. They said two yeah. things. Yeah, they said three things. That uh, Okuso also happened more frequently. That's. Why it does look like the weaker. meter builds up pretty fast. Uh, and the second thing is, this will be interesting, is there can't be more than one going at it at a time. Yeah. So if you activate yours, you can't counter with yeah, one, great. apparently. Right, so like, yeah, you can't stuff no counter one super. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's because some of them are really cinematic, like Ridley's. Yeah. yeah. Like, he takes you into space and, like, blasts you against the ship. So, yeah. But oh, King K rules, by the way. The best part of his reveal <laughs> is his final smash. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the game over screen. Yeah. Just DK's blows up the island. <laughs> That's so good. Also fantastic. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, but it seems it's just one of those things where it's like every time I feel like Max wishes for something in a game, he gets it. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He got Alien and Predator in Mortal Kombat. Even Sakurai's he's, watching. Yeah. He's probably going to yeah. get Spawn in like MK11 if that ever does actually get announced. Uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those things like, oh, I want Strider back. He got Strider back Ooh. in Marvel. So yeah, it's kind of one of those weird things where it's like there's there's definitely some conspiracy, I feel, where like, I guess you could say Sakurai in, in general, people do actually listen mm-hmm. in a weird sort of way because... Another thing that I was really surprised is, I'm sure it's on your list, is one of the assist trophies, like Shovel Knight showed up. Yeah. Yeah, and we haven't it, talked about assist trophies like, yet. Uh, yeah. An American-made, because a lot of people kept saying, I want Shovel Knight or Shantae and Smash, and I said, and I was always telling people, like, guys, Sakurai lives in Japan, mm-hmm. and he's very busy. I don't know if he has a lot of time to play just indie games, you know, especially from, you know, Western markets. It, I, Nintendo did publish Shovel Knight in Japan. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, That's they cool. did, yeah. I, uh, but it didn't it didn't take off oh. too well, which is weird, right? Yeah. Uh, but so I was like, look, he may. I'm like, guys, he just may not even know what Shovel Knight or Shantae is. Oh, I, I kept yeah. telling people, like, you just, yeah. I'm like, let's, let's be real. I'm like, I'm not saying he's doing it out of spite. I'm saying he probably just has a very, very uh, low uh, grasp on some of these weird, not even weird. That's that's the wrong thing to say. Just just indie western titles yeah uh you might remember there was one e3 where someone tried to um i don't know catch miyamoto when he was saying how galaxy had spherical levels and no one had ever done that before and then someone said well, what about ratchet and clank and he was like who yeah that was his response. <laughs> i believe that That's Miyamoto's so response funny. was, what's ratchet and clank he did not know <laughs> and then sony, i was sony wasn't giving him boof tours just yeah yet. <laughs> and, and i was sitting there saying to myself like i forget what what outlet it was it was yeah. ign or, or egm and i'm like i'm like boo to you too sonic adventure 2 
<laughs> like there's there's spherical like, levels that had the little spherical well. things running That's around funny. ever. That's the only time I'm going to promote Sonic Adventure too. <laughs> okay, yeah. was like who? <laughs> yeah, who's Sonic? Who's Sonic? <laughs> um, so I'm like, yeah. yeah. With that, I I thought that was an impressive uh, display of kind of dude. He's actually extending his hand because we got uh, two rare rare era characters with K. Rule and Crystal. Oh yeah. Yep. So that's like bringing the total up to three, you know, right there. That's three Western design characters in Smash Brothers now. And now yeah. Shovel Knight, which I, I tweeted this to Yacht Club Games. Uh, I, I, I might be wrong, but I believe this is the first American-made game character to be represented in any fashion in Smash Brothers. Whoa. It might be. I might be wrong, but I've, I've not been able to think, you know, just in this within this day, these hours right now, I don't know of any other American-made character. I'm searching to prove you wrong, and I mm-hmm. cannot. So yeah. I'm searching. We'll, I got we'll, nothing. We'll find out next after this episode goes uh, up. Like, oh yeah, in the comments, absolutely. You know what I loved about the Shovel Knight debut, or the, when they showed him, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, you're, I'm like watching his moves. I'm waiting for him to like do the shovel down thing, and I'm like watching him. And then you don't reveal that you don't realize that they're also revealing the moon crashing in at the same time. Yeah. Oh my god. So before I can, I'm aware of it. The moon from from uh, uh, Majora's, Majora's Mask yeah. is just exploding the entire. That was stage. so hilarious. And then Shovel Knight's the only one like that. Like yeah, I was, I was thrown off. Like, I was cut off guard. I was like, wait, is this just a new, is there a new Majora's Mask stage? Yeah. And it says, no, a sit. I'm like, oh, whoa, okay, that's going to be pretty you can awesome. Just summon the moon. Good stuff. So, what awesome. happens when you summon the moon on Termina Bay? Two moons. Are there two moons? Two moons. Oh, yeah, that's going to be like a Nintendo trophy. It's like, you have, you have, like, it all unlock a character right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They couldn't reveal that yet because yeah. that's what they have to do the online. That is literally first. what the yeah. blurred out how thing in the green was. It was like trophies. How bizarre would that be if there were these weird, unique ways you had to unlock characters? I would love like, that. Like, what if it was you had to summon the moon on Termina Bay as Young Link at some in any mode in the game to or or. You know, or, or as someone else, or as as any version of a Zelda character, yeah, to summon the moon in Terminate Bay. I would and love that's that. How you get uh, Young Link instead? Like, what yeah. if it was some weird, weird thing like that, where it was it was all these secrets and and sort of nods? That's how you unlock. Because they said at E3 he wanted to show off a new way to get characters, but he didn't want to say how, and he oh. didn't and he didn't talk about that on this Amiibos. direct either. It's not Amiibo. <laughs> that would be that'd be a little shady. <laughs> That's cool. That's a really cool yeah, idea. Yeah. So it, it might be like subspace where like you play through it and you unlock a lot of characters as you go. But I like this idea of making the characters as achievements. That's a really awesome idea, Matt. Yeah. Could yeah. be. We will see. Because there's always the last two games. There were three ways to unlock every character, uh, and the, the best way was you you would pick Sonic one stock. Go to like a flat stage like his, yep. and then just run, run off, off the side. Because <laughs> it counted, it just counted the battles even if you lost. Yeah. So you would just one stock, just run, 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 run. Get like those multiple controllers. Whatever. And Sakurai knows. He knows we're doing that, <laughs> and he's like, "I got. You can't do that. Stop that." We do. Uh, we got some questions. Okay. That we'll, uh, some of the stuff we're talking about is gonna be covered in these questions. So I want to get some of these in here so we can keep talking about Smash. Um, this first one is uh, from Andrew Wilson. Um, I think this will be short and sweet answers. Uh, did you re- uh, did we really need a direct for Smash just two months after dedica- uh, Nintendo dedicated and they put in parentheses a rather boring twenty five minutes to it at E three? Was this written before or after? Yes, this was definitely written before. It has to be written before. So, so Andrew, I say like next time, yeah, keep in mind, you know, wait till you see it, you know, yeah. before judging. But uh, yeah, like I don't know if anyone had that sentiment going in. I didn't. I wasn't thinking, man, why are they doing another Smash Direct so shortly after? But mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think it, we already answered it through our discussion, our excitement, that this definitely was warranted. Yes. It was good. I think we'll really know the answer by launch, because if if we don't hear much till and then, then the game just comes out, then it might have been like, well, why did you dump it off so early? Why didn't you put it like more in the middle between E3 and launch? But here's the thing. They blurred out that adventure mode. I'm just, yeah. I'm just calling it. <laughs> I'm, just calling it. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board. Uh, but so I'm like, okay. I'm thinking they're already teasing that there is more to come and more to talk about because they've not talked about. Think about this: no, uh, no me costumes yet right. for custom characters. No custom stage talk. Now, obviously, no adventure mode talk. No events. No online. Um, yeah, no online. No yet. online. Yeah, very good. They showed online on the menu. Yes, like, they didn't yeah. blur that out. That was there. Why bother? We know it's coming. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, the, and then the, any, any new modes for online. Yeah. and stuff like that. And so there is a lot of stuff they have yet to talk about and discuss uh that's between e3 and this still not known yeah so yeah i kind of i'm on the i'm kind of thinking this was necessary because do you want an hour-long direct of that that's almost like too much that's, information yeah, to process yeah, too much and yeah i bet there'll be another one in october oh yeah we'll definitely get yeah we'll get one more this sized one for sure yeah, yeah in like, october oh, yeah. november yeah. or something um, this next one comes from uh, Beaten Down Brian. Hey, allies. Uh, why do you think they didn't bring all these reveals to E3 in an attempt to really blow out Smash Ultimate um, rather than having like the direct that was like more focused on... Me- like They focused a lot on mechanics, I guess, is what they were trying to say. Um, is it as simple as wanting to keep the hype building and new characters are the best way to do that? Mm-hmm. And having now watched the direct, do you think it was the right choice to withhold a lot of this till now? Yeah, I think that. I think they thought it would be enough at E3. I think they thought they had enough to win E3 by saying all the characters from all the games are in this game. And I think maybe coming into E3, that the Smash team thought that everybody would be a little more excited than we were. We weren't mad, you know what I mean. Nobody was like furious about the game. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't think it lit everybody up. They could have shown more at E3, but. I think it is smart. The game's coming December. It's coming late yeah. in the year. I think it's actually smart to space this stuff out. You said, I, yeah, I, I feel like I kind of kind of answered it. Yeah, by you saying, answered it by saying, I was like, yeah. yeah, I think maybe they only wanted to reveal new characters that were playable. Yep. You know, so maybe that was why. And they knew that Simon and Richter and, and King K. Rool weren't ready yet. I mean, the other two probably are, but uh. <laughs> just Crom, why? Yeah. I want my Lynn, but... um. Yeah, I, I think it was more just, uh, it, it is, like you said, it is to keep a, a hype train rolling because they don't, honestly, they don't have a ton coming out this year for, for post-year content or end of the year, Yeah, I should say. It's like you, you've got, you know, Pokemon Let's Go, which, you know, that's a very 50-50 response already. Yeah. Uh, and then what? Super Mario Party? Yep. Which only the people I game with really care about. And I'm the I'm the lone person who's like, oh god, not more Mario Party. <laughs> the friendship ender. Yeah, yeah. Makes so, for good streams. Yeah, Mario, yeah. Super Mario Party makes for good streams. Yeah, it does. But but yeah, I mean, they just don't they don't have a huge because like last year, you know, there was like uh, it was like here's Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, here's Mario Odyssey, here's Xenoblade Two, and then there's there was like other stuff. There's like something and Mario Mario and Rabbids before that. So it's kind of like yeah, their their later half of last year was so packed. Yes. With with stuff. And then this year they know it's kind of like 
eh, you know, we have a really big smash and kind of kind of less grandiose updates to Mario Party and Pokemon. Yeah, and I feel like uh, Nintendo doesn't have that much control over Pokemon's marketing too. They don't. Yeah, and so you know they can't. They they really just have to push Smash. That's all they. Can, that's all they really have. Yeah, yeah. I get. I mean, that. they're they're happy to have Pokemon. Let's go. But yeah, yeah. I was amazed uh, a few years ago. I had a long conversation with uh, with Bill Trinan about it, and it was like, yeah, Pokemon Company is its own thing. It's not. It's not Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> like trust. You know, we work with them, and you know, there's like a you know, there's shareholding between the companies but it's like yeah they're actually not nintendo they actually sakurai does have to get approval for pokemon yeah. in smash brothers like yeah. he they they approve what pokemon show up there so yeah it that, that was kind of like wow i didn't know it was uh you, you had to go through all that actual talking with pokemon company for that so interesting side note yeah our next question looks to what we want going forward out of the smash directs and reveals uh drew sherman and I apologize. I had to reword this reword this a bit because it was also written before the direct. Okay. So I, I kind of like truncated it to the more relevant parts. Uh, hey, allies, what more Smash Ultimate do you want to see after this direct? Personally, I'd love more information on how I'll be unlocking all these characters. Yeah. Through a sort of story mode, a series of challenges. Maybe they'll go back to basics and lay out a series of challenges like in previous Smashes, all leading to a final boss. A giant foot, perhaps? Or two giant feet? <laughs> I also would love to see at least one new and more obscure character addition. I know it's a shot in the dark, but do you think Leon Kennedy would be a good character? He's got his knife, his gun, and of course he's got to stop when he shoots. Maybe a grenade. Perhaps he can eat an herb and lose some damage. Love and respect, baby. Drew S. from NorCal. Cool. Uh, sorry, what was the first question? Uh, so, uh, what, 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 what more do you want to see? And then through in information about like, we'll hear about story mode and how maybe information on how we're going to unlock these characters. Oh, right, right. How yeah. we unlock them. Which we briefly talked about. So now you can I go. I can't stop thinking about yeah, it. Go, the Monster Hunter stage. Go, yeah. Go, go wild now. That's not a, that's not a smash stage. No. I mean, and, it, and, and guess what? When they said 103 stages and you, and you pause and you look on that stage select, you can count all 103 right there. So that Monster Hunter stage was not part of that 103 stage oh. <laughs> thing. It's absolutely part of adventure mode. Wow. <laughs> I'm, then I'm pumped for that. That's what I want. I actually want to be traveling through the game's worlds instead of this weird like cloud world with weird freaking yeah, animals. Yeah, I'm definitely of the opinion, cause, and this is where I, I get a little a little bit anti-Sakurai a bit, where when he made the statement, like, I'm not, I'm not doing a, a, a subspace adventure mode because people will just watch the videos on YouTube and not play the game. And I'm like, that was nuts. okay, look, just because subspace probably wasn't as well, you know, well done as adventure mode, that doesn't mean you quit on it, or or people are going to upload. Sub- that's going to happen anyways. Don't don't quit on it on that. Just just make it better. Just improve it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how I always kind of felt like. Just take what you had with you know with on GameCube, make it a little better, and go from there. It doesn't have to be a, you know Superstar Ultra Deluxe smooshed into Smash Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my feeling on it. There was so much potential with Subspace Emissary, and to see them kind of not go back to that. In the previous Smash games after Brawl uh, with Wii U and 3DS, made, made my heart sink. And their alternatives they offered just oh. were not, they weren't even as good subspace emissaries. No, this is not good. So, you know, the evidence that's out there now, especially what like, Matt's been arguing, that is more than any character reveal, the return of a story adventure mode in what you were describing, Kyle, which is exactly what I want. 
going through these levels based on these classic Nintendo IPs, playing as the characters, fighting enemies, and fighting in levels from those series, not generic enemies made up just for the sake of this game. Yeah. Just that would send me over. That would get me back on board, like the maximum hype train for this game, being like, let's go, December. Let's get there right now. Like, forget everything else in between. I want this immediately. Yeah. I mean, um, we've streamed probably hundreds of hours of Smash Brothers on Wii U over the, the four years or whatever it's been out. We've never unlocked that, that pack land stage, the one that looks like Microsoft Paint. Um, because <laughs> Wait, what does it take? Sorry, keep going. It takes you playing on each of the, playing one round or one game on each of the Smash Tour boards. Because remember the Smash Tour board game mode? Mario Party-like oh, no. thing. The, the one thing they added, because we don't have an adventure mode, yeah. they had that board game mode, and you have to play on all three boards once to unlock the pack land stage. We've never unlocked it. Because it's just too know? boring? Just, because yeah. n- who wants to go through Smash Tour? Ugh. Nobody. <laughs> so. yeah, those are such bummers. That 3S one was even weirder. Like the, the Smash Run, I think Smash it was Smash Run, getting like the power-ups, yeah. the color stuff. Yes. I mean, it was a probably l- a little bit more interesting. It was definitely more interesting than the, the, the board game, so... Um, I do wonder if uh, the custom characters hasn't been talked about. I wonder if those will be back. Yeah, because if they're not, then that means Gino's kind of out, right? Oh, do you mean like with the Miis? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean like um the weird, like you had like Make three options move. for your specials. And, and you would uh, unlock yes, them like right, with correct. random loot. That stuff yeah. was so weird. I'd be so happy to see it gone. Uh, I, I don't want it gone, but I definitely want a way different way of getting it. Because right, you had to like get those moves as loot. It, it, it was random. It was random loot yeah. drops, and you would go into like the, uh, the the trophy collecting mode. You know, you just pick Ganondorf and you do the bicycle kick. You know, to to, to do, like, <laughs> you, all have, you have all the hacks to these. Like, yes, exactly. And, and like, and, and still, but it, like you didn't know what you were going to get on the drops. Mm-hmm. So it was oftentimes not what that. It would mostly be a lot of just coins. Occasionally, you'd get a trophy. You get a lot of trophies from it mostly, and occasionally you get a move or two. Um, and it's like I never really we never really use the moves because they're so hard to get and there's so many characters that it, it becomes like impossible for anyone to have all the different moves they made. So it was like this huge wasted opportunity. Yeah. Because so many people will never see all the, the completely different moves and stuff you gave for the custom move sets. Cause it was just way way too hard to get them. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, you definitely need to have a way different approach. If they if they keep it it's 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 got to be a better a better delivery system for sure. Yeah, I agree. I I but also subscribe. I'm on your site, call. I wouldn't necessarily mind some of that stuff going away. Like the the picking the moves and stuff seems like a nice novelty, but in practice, don't need it. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't. Cry. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't cry either if it was gone because I don't use them. Because I can't. <laughs> yeah, uh, it wouldn't matter. The best thing was like, oh, it gave Ganondorf a sword and some moves. Oh well, that's fixed naturally now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff for the Smash uh, Ultimate direct and uh definitely looking forward to the next one um it's a little bit of a segue uh there was a we oh, we owe it to the, the person who wrote it to talk about liana as a character that's yeah we, we owe it to that person so i'm curious yeah do you think leon's a possibility anyone's a possibility i don't think leon's yeah happening. like yeah anyone you really anyone in the think world it's gonna happen possi- yeah i don't think it'll happen uh low possibility but like you said, anything's possible kind of at this point. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing that will happen is there are two Capcom reps. If there's going to be a third one, which I kind of feel there will be because now Konami has three, uh, it's going to be an Echo Fighter of Ken. Sure. That's that's probably what's going to happen. 
I yeah. think you're, you're far, far more likely to see an Echo Fighter from Ryu than you are to see a whole new Resident Evil character in there. Mm-hmm. That's Just so much easier. You're so it. right. Yeah. I also don't think Leon's going to happen. I yeah. just, just don't think it's going to happen. Can I, can I just throw out the one thing I think needs to be addressed? Sure. Oh, Go ahead. And, yeah. and that is when they're talking about all the music stuff, you pause it and you can see like there are 36 Street Fighter tracks in oh, this game. Oh, here we go. Which is, you know, and there's, they said 34 Castlevania tracks. Yeah. When they went, when they for a second skimmed over, they skimmed over Final Fantasy, two. Just two for Cloud. Mm-hmm. Same two, obviously, as the last game. Three minutes, 38 seconds. That's a crying shame. I think that's criminal. The fact, and, and I wonder if that's a Square Enix thing. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. That's 110% a Square Enix <laughs> thing. There is no possible way on this planet Sakurai was just kind of like, hey, we'll get Cloud. You know, should we, should we do any remixes? No, no, no. I only want the two battle themes, nothing else. Yeah. I, I hated all the other music in every other Final Fantasy game. <laughs> like, just those two only. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that that's a problem, um, and 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 I'm I'm fairly confident in saying I'm pretty sure this is all on Square Enix. So yeah, I think they should really, you know, whatever it is that's holding them back, you know, even if it's just okay, you can only get the the exact rips from seven. Fine, that's fine, but more than two. Yes. <laughs> Uh, another weird thing is, though, you can have any music on any stage. Oh, no, only of that franchise. Franchise to stage, yeah. You're right. So with that, with the Final Fantasy VII stage, you're stuck with just those two songs. Yep. And that's the way Square Enix wants it. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Because you're right. They won't add more. That was like, I that's mean, the final build of that, the music like selection. How, yeah. how world-renowned is Final Fantasy for its music? Yeah. And they're holding out. They know. On, on, on Smash Brothers. Like they they want to they want to look like they want to look like the the weird guy who only has two tracks mm-hmm. where, where Sonic has like forty and Castlevania and Street Fighter have all these other ones come come on but they're so protective of their soundtracks yeah they, they are, are. Yeah, they sell sure. all that stuff yeah. it, they charge a premium for that stuff I, I think anything that's outside of the Square Enix ecosystem they just want to protect the value of their their stuff yeah and I'm not agreeing with that yeah I'm saying this is what they're doing I mean I'm this sure that's their mindset because Konami was cool. Yeah, Konami was cool. Yeah. Like, and so, and so yeah. Sega, yeah, like, and Sega Atlas, they're yeah. they're fine with the like. How, how uh, do we? Sonic how music. do we? How do we live in a world in 2018 where Konami is cooler about their stuff getting remixed and used than Square Enix yeah. is in Smash Brothers? Yeah, it's a Nintendo it's game. It's, it's not. Nuts. Look, I'm like, I'm, it's not like you know, like Majesco's making a comeback and wants to use Final Fantasy characters and is saying, "Don't worry, we'll treat your characters right." You know, in in our you know whatever crave entertainment you yeah. know, game like this this is nintendo yeah yeah well may, who knows maybe the, i'm hoping i'm i'm, the, I'm gonna hope by yeah. december let's by see december 7th that, okay that maybe come that, around yeah. a little bit on something that might happen we'll, sure. we'll see i feel like leon is more likely than more final fantasy tracks Ooh. ouch yeah, that, that'll be uh, i'm not sure about that the, the segment or next thing i will wrap it up by saying one thing that one interesting thing I saw, but I don't know if it means anything. I saw it too. This is the music. This is all the music thing. Let's wrap it up on the music here. Uh, they showed the Zelda, mat, uh, Zelda tracks. The last two on the right were two Breath of the Wild tracks, the 2017 trailer music and theme. Um, were two Breath of the Wild? Yeah, there were two Ooh, Breath okay, of the Wild. Okay. And then One there from was, like an E3 trailer? Yeah, right? the yeah. E3 trailer, or the direct, or the Smash, the, not Smash, Switch reveal event music. Got it. And then the... Something in game, one of the in game tracks. Yeah. So then it has the entire soundtrack to that game, right? 
that's no. I have the soundtrack. It has a lot more songs. Yeah, in it has that. like one song on each disc. No, <laughs> I know that's a joke, but they. It they is a joke. It is a joke, and then I I actually agree. There is actually a lot of music in the game. It's just it, you you. It's so hidden sometimes. That it's like. There's like an amazing track where you're doing that parasail thing to see how far you can go, and it's this awesome sounding music. Plays for this one mini game that you all might never see. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that's... I did not do that mini game. It's great music. Oh, Kyle. That's funny. Should've... I remember that in Wind Waker, trying to get oh, as yeah, far as you fair. can. Same thing, yeah. basically same concept. Yeah, you start on yeah. a tower, and a guy says like, "I'll give you a prize if you can get this." Definitely much a throwback to, to that. That's cool. But there, for there was dot, dot, and a dot vertically in that list. I don't know if they just wanted to, like, hey, we just want to have it blank there. This is an ellipsis because there's more tracks and we just haven't done it. Or if there are three more tracks that just haven't named yet. So I was like, hmm. It could be any of those. Hmm. And if it's coming out by December, hmm, what could possibly come out between now and then? That would be. Are you possibly suggesting another, a new Zelda game? No. I will not. not jump off the Ocarina of Time remake bandwagon or Ocarina of Time 3D HD bandwagon until November I of not, 2018 what? passes. I did not know this is a bandwagon that exists. Oh, it's my personal neither, bandwagon. Neither <laughs> this, is the, this is the Damiani bandwagon that's just been like. So it's Damiani like, and a horse rrr, just riding yeah, around. Just, yeah. There's no wagon. It's just like. Ooh, it's like the. If you ever saw Knight's Tale, it's like jo- uh, Jeffrey Chaucer's character at the beginning, like completely naked and stuff. You're like, oh, I'm like a famous person. Like, sir, you're penniless and naked. It's like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm on this mission and stuff. Don't worry. It's, like the Don Quixote. Yeah. So you think something. they're going to they're gonna yeah, have a direct by the end of this month or like early I think September? Be a, I think there'll be a September direct and it will announce like some games coming out within the next three to four months. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the big reveal will be, uh, oh, guess what? You remember Ocarina of Time 3D? Uh, it's coming to your Switch in HD. I mean, that'd be cool. That's all it'll be. I would play through it again. Yeah. See, you're, you're talking about what Nintendo should do, not what Nintendo will do. Yeah. Uh, there should be absolutely an HD, whatever of Ocarina of and Time and Majora's Mask. They just bundle those games together and just say, "Here you go." I mean, if they want to get, if they want to be even lazier, just even take lazier. Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD, put yeah. them on a double disc, and be like, "Bam, here you go." Those are ready to go. They're ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> just they're they're already in HD. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't support your theory, though, Damiani, that there would be new musical tracks. It would because the Ocarina of Time 3D has an orchestral credits track. Uh, that I don't think is in Smash Brothers anywhere. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, because it's, true. it's on Smash Brothers for Wii U 3DS, they I believe. And do one for Majora's Mask And there's well. one for Majora's Mask, so it's two. So it could be one I'm just not thinking of that I just can't account for, mm-hmm. and those would be the three. Okay. So, Or it could be an original new Zelda game. Like, like a, a top-down like, one? Like a top-down yeah. one, and, these are, and there's three tracks. That's very le- That is the most unlikely of the scenarios. But What about that rumored uh, Link's, Link's Awakening, Awakening yeah. remake? Maybe it's I'm that. Who knows? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of possibilities, but I'm... Um, Getting ecstatic about Zelda because uh, a thing that I'm not always ecstatic to bring up is uh, the Zelda timeline is back in headlines. You did this. I know you love this. <laughs> I did this. I know you actually love this. Uh, I don't know if I love this specific topic that okay. we're about to talk about. All right, let's do it. Um, so, why this is back in the headlines, you might see, oh, the Zelda timeline got updated again. It's because the official Japanese website uh, made an update to their history section, um, which is the timeline section um there are two things were updated let's talk about the smaller one um first thing they changed is uh link's awakening was moved from (laughs) after the oracle games to before the oracle games um this change actually was first revealed in a one of the earlier encyclopedia books that came out in the last year or two but 
it being also put on the official Japanese website kind of doubled downs on this change as being I'm cemented. Sorry, the Oracle games are in one timeline together? So, yes. No. So, the Oracle yes. game... No. Oh, Kyle doesn't like this, dude. But they, 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 they have them back to back. You realize they are two separate games and they're part of a, like a larger story, right? I played through them. Yeah. yeah they, That's they, the same link in both games? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, they're, they're, they're and actually, if you want to huh. get in the most technical sense, uh, canon-wise, Oracle Ages is actually supposed to be before Seasons. Yeah. Because there's a line of text in one that makes it clear that it's before the other. Oh. Otherwise, the events wouldn't make... Like, it's this type of granular stuff is why they're actually revising this, Kyle. Okay, all right. So, or I think, because that is the question, um, and I think Simmons got more to say about this. Uh, Nintendo doubling down this change, Simmons, why do you think they're making this change? And do you agree with it? For the Just for the oracles we're talking, right? We're talking about the Link's Awakening change. We haven't gotten to the big news yet. Okay, just to, just stay, well, stick on the okay. small change first. The small change is because they kind of had to because Zelda in that game doesn't know you. Uh, when she's she and she acts completely differently from Zelda in Link to the Past, so that was always bugging me when they made the timeline and they're like, okay, it goes Link to the Past and then the the Oracle games. But I'm like, yeah, but in the Oracle games, Link has no idea who you are, or or I'm sorry, <laughs> let me correct myself. Link and Zelda don't know each other. Yeah, like the the way their dialogue goes, and then like Zelda's got this weird crush on Link, which is just a just a weird Fujibayashi thing um, that he's had in his headcanon for years. Uh, so when he came into the series, this was these were his first games. Like it started there. So I don't know if that's headcanon. That seems kind of natural for her, her to have a crush on Link. <laughs> but it didn't. It, it it really wasn't a thing until he came along. Except Zelda sure. two. Except Zelda two, which is just kind of the weird thing where it's like, oh, I've awakened from thousands of years. A oh, man. Let me kiss him behind the curtains. Um, but that's just Zelda two. But yeah, like it, it was like. <laughs> There was never any of this 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 weird like shipping thing going on between them. If you think about the dialogue in like Link to the Past, uh, Ocarina of Time, like even Majora's Mask, it's like they're friends, but there's like there's like nothing like really there. But in the Oracle games, like she tries to like peck a kiss on him sure. and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, they did this because the the way they talk to each other doesn't make sense. And two, um, I guess that has to be a different Link in a way because. Where the where the heck is Link gonna go after Link, the end of Link's Awakening? He's he's kind of like uh, I don't know like a more extreme version of Up a Creek without a paddle. <laughs> you yeah, know, if we're gonna get into spoiler territory. We have to because this is a timeline stuff. We have to be in spoiler territory. Yeah. Link's so, Awakening spoilers. So yeah, Link's kind of doomed in his in a sense potentially at the end of Link's Awakening anyways. What is, is he just like hanging on like a, a He's just a, sitting, a raft? sitting on he's a piece of driftwood yeah. in the middle of the ocean. He'll be fine. He's Link. Alone. <laughs> the seagulls will, will lead him. Or or the windfish. Yeah. Or the Zoras. They swim up and help him. Maybe. Oh, yeah, some Zoras Maybe. Either yeah. way. Like, but that's, that's the way I... the flute. That's yeah, the way works. I kind of look at it. I'm like, okay, I guess they had to do this because if you really wanted to get in the nitty gritty, it doesn't make sense for it to be the same Link. And then him and Zelda to have this conversations they have in the Oracle games where they don't know each other. And it's like, but I saved you. Yeah. It, it links to the past. Like, remember that? No? Oh, okay. Anime amnesia. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't know. So uh, that's that's the way I kind of look at it. Like, but the question is, like, what motive, What made them, like, go back into this website and say, like, oh, you know what? This is wrong. Maybe that, That's your question, Damiani? No, 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 no. Like, it basically is, like, do you agree with the change? Which okay. Which is what it argues. Uh, I guess I do. I guess. Uh, yeah, why do you think they made this change as well? Yeah, so you're right, Kyle. Um, and I think Simmons explained that as well because there was a contradiction. There was a contradiction that existed. Um, I think it was a natural reaction of players who played both to like 
if you play both, you're like, oh, that, they're not the same game. They don't know each other in this other game, mm-hmm. and yet they know each other in this one. So, wait, this doesn't make sense that they're in the same one. So Zelda is not present in Link's Awakening. You're saying because Link's no, no, Awakening so, Link so, is so, from a Link to the so, Past. So Link, so Link to the Past yes. and Link's Awakening are like directly the, the Link's right. Awakening direct sequel, same yeah. Link. They happen. So. They that link has clearly met Princess Zelda in Hyrule. Yes, he saved her in a link to the past. Yeah, so nothing romantic. So if Oracle them. of Ages took place between those games before Link's Awakening, but after Link to the Past, when they meet each other in, in the Oracle games, why is Zelda a stranger? Like someone's exactly said, like mm-hmm. why? Wait, well, like yeah, anime amnesia. Did he forget? Didn't make sense. So to a player who reads this and then plays those games in the order they were told in the old, t- like the Hyrule Historia version of the timeline. A player might ask himself, "Why does why do so they not know each other? Why are they the strangers?" Oracle games now. So now, so instead of the Oracle games being in between, they just moved them after Link's Awakening, and it's a different Link. So okay, it, yeah. just a different Link. That's yeah. the easiest possible way to say it for anything. It's just a different Link. Yeah, yeah. it's a different Link, yeah. and it's a di- and it's after now. And so we. Have I don't to, think that was the easiest way to fix it, but it is the second probably most easiest way to fix it. And we had to presume that Link's Awakening Link died in the ocean then. Potential. You don't yes. have to say he died. He died but, in the I ocean. Mean, maybe he made it back. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. It, but he, that's the end of his story. We don't see that. Yeah, we don't, he again. does not. Okay. Yeah, we. So as far as we know, no. Yeah. Linebeck um, picks him up in a boat. Maybe. Yeah, that could definitely. No, happen. that's timeline C. You never know. Be, what about the <laughs> linebeck in this universe? There could be a linebeck in this yeah, universe. Ooh. You never know. Um, I think they could have just as easily changed the line of text to make them familiar. Sure. Just like said, like, oh, Link, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, they know each other. Cool. Yeah, but rather than go yeah. into the, like, the virtual console releases of the Oracle games and fix you know, a couple lines of dialogue, they're just like, eh, it's over here now. Yep. I'm cool it's it not the biggest change. I think the only people who will have take issue with that other than, oh, you said it was this way. Now you're changing your mind again are people who for the longest time were attached to their own self-fan theory of that. Oh, the, the sprite for the boat at the end of Link's Awakening looks like the boat in Oracle games. So... It's continuity, like yeah, it totally makes sense, and, th- and they had their head cannon, and now Nintendo, and then Nintendo said, yeah, that is right, you're right, yeah, look, you guys are cool, and now they're like, nah, actually, no, you're not right, yeah, cause so they feel burned. So you do the yeah. true ending to the Oracles, he does get in a boat and go home because both the Oracle games take place in different lands, Labrinia and Holodrum. So at the end of the games, he gets in a sailboat and he waves goodbye to everybody for whichever game you're finishing last. So you're like, oh, that totally leads into Link's Awakening and. I'm like, I, I guess, but I mean, not necessarily. It's just sort of a coincidental. Yeah, because Link's Awakening's, the backstory to it is that after Link to the Past, Link went out to hone his skills and went on adventures in other lands. And now he was returning back to Hyrule. Oh, that's a, he's on his return trip? Yeah. So that's even sadder, So dude. it lined up very well with the Oracle games. It was just that one contradiction of that one interaction of Link and Zelda, don't know, they don't seem to know each other Shouldn't at first. Shouldn't have put Zelda in the Oracle yeah. games. Shouldn't put her in there. So, nope. <laughs> I mean, if they just left it as Impa, it's like, oh, we never met Impa before. So, yeah, yeah. of course she's a little strange, you know, at first with Link. And then, oh, now, now we're familiar. You know, yeah. now we can be, you know, we're friends and stuff. Anyway, that was the smaller change. Okay. The bigger change is, um, all right, so this isn't really new news, but I guess, whatever. Let's just go through it. It's called a non-committal. So, it involves Breath of the Wild. And everyone's running the headline that Breath of the Wild now has an official place in the timeline. <laughs> Nintendo, in their history section, is placing Breath of the Wild at the end of all three individual timelines, saying that basically, oh, it it it, it has it happens in all three universes, basically, or three dimensions or whatever, and it's up to the player to decide like which one it actually happens in. It's living up to the player's imagination because when this was first teased as po- the possible answer, uh, Breath of the Wild's director Fujibayashi said. Uh, 
he, he was of the mindset that this game is going to be at the end of any timeline. Whatever timeline we put it in, it'll be at the end of it. Uh, but we want to leave it up to players' imagination to decide where it is. And this has kind of been a philosophy of Nintendo's for a long time, is that while they will give out specifics, they still love this angle of, we don't know what to do, so let's leave it up to the player's imagination because that's where the fun is. So my question is, what are your thoughts on this decision? Putting Breath of the Wild can take place at the end of any of the timelines. It's up to the player's imagination. And uh, after this, we got some... This was the most... We got the most questions, not about Smash Brothers, about this one There's more question about this, this and than Smash Brothers. All right. So I'm least qualified to talk about it. Here's my yeah. immediate reaction yeah. is I kind of like it because there's, I think, tens of thousands of years preceding uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of like all that other stuff that happens, It there were tiny little differences, but they didn't change the fate of this moment. So I'm cool with saying this happens in all three. That eventually the 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 actions of all three of those links led to this, no matter what. That kind of makes sense to me. All right, now that's a good that's a good explanation. I think the explanation is more or less just a sort of a cop out on their end. Oh, for sure. Yes, because <laughs> that because <laughs> there's they like they know there's so many things that kind of contradict any putting it in any of them. There's it, how, oh, it has to be in this one. No, because this or that. Or, oh, no, she referenced this or that. And it's like, okay, there's something in the game that references every something from each timeline. Yeah. The the most sensible, I guess you should say, could say, was putting it in timeline A, the downfall timeline. That That is the most, it's, it's rough. And I'm not saying it is logical, but it's the closest thing to it. If we really wanted to, if I really wanted to get into the nitty gritty of it, just because I'm like, okay, well, you have Rito and Zora, which don't make sense. You have Korok, which don't make sense. It doesn't make sense because, oh, well, this isn't the new Hyrule from like uh, Spirit Tracks. And it's like, yeah, they didn't have a Temple of Time and they didn't have like all this like actual like Arbiter's Grounds and stuff like that. That stuff like, would have been buried like, underwater. Well, yeah, yeah and, and somewhere else in the world. Like it's not, it's not even the same continent. In the and Spirit so the, Tracks. the Koroks evolved from uh, Koroki, right? Kikari? The Kokori. Kokori. Uh, they evolved, right? Yeah, Just like be, having to be underwater. Be, because and, like, of the flood, that. they had yes. to evolve into like those, those forms. And I'm like, yes. well, there's that didn't, if you're in an unflooded Hyrule, why are there that? Why are there Rito? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, it doesn't make sense for that. So it's like, it kind of goes in A, but then she references stuff from Twilight Princess and it's like, you know what? It doesn't, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, like, I don't think, I personally don't think they really cared that much. Yeah. And they were just like, it's in far in the future. And then when it came down to actually updating the, you know, their website and whatever, getting to the point where it's like, okay, now you got to put a place, uh, you know what? It's wherever you want. Just it's way in the future. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think, I think it is sort of a, sort of a cop out answer. Um, it almost definitely can't be in the Wind Waker timeline era. Like, it, it almost just can't, just because of all the things that just went over for that. And then, yeah. like, Twilight Princess is rough, too, because it's like, eh, it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, because, um, yeah, it, it just, the whole thing is just like a, a hodgepodge of just things that are just like hard to nail down, really. Yeah. So, it, to, to me, it's, it's kind of like, I, I, I just feel like they don't they don't know. <laughs> they threw in the Koroks cuz they're cute little characters. Exactly. Yeah. They did that. Now if they if they if they really wanted to be continuous, you know, whatever the word would be, you know, the, you you might have someone might have said, "Hey, maybe don't call them that or maybe or maybe not do that or whatever." Just yeah. something would have changed in development somewhere along the lines or something or they maybe might have if you really wanted to get all 
thick into the lore, they could have come up with a new reason for why they're Koroks. Yeah. Like, within that game. You know what? It, a flood could have happened and then receded in 10,000 years. Yeah. Could have happened. Something like, it could 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 have gone that way with it. Um, Master Sword's all rusted, but it's like, it's just, it's, it's just rusted for time. Um, know, but yeah. So I have a question. The, the thing that's most fascinating to me, the connections between the games, are the uh, Skyward Sword temples that are like one-to-one. Where uh, right, which 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 couldn't happen if it was Wind Waker era, right? Yeah, because it's a different continent. Yeah, but there they are, and it's yeah, it's just like one to one, like they, they it just dropped in. I think they even like used the same models of those locations. If you like look at screenshots yeah. comparing the two, I think that's awesome. Uh, Skyward Sword is at the beginning of all three, right? No matter what, that is the yeah. beginning. Um, that's so I love that. I love that. You know what I mean? It's not direct. There's no direct path that I could draw from those to to mm-hmm. uh, 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 Breath of the Wild. But I just like seeing them. I just like seeing that kind of thing. It kind of adds to a legacy I, I, that's not yeah. di- like explicitly explained. Well, I loved the fact that there were like you'd go into the desert and you'd kind of look at stuff and it kind of if you paid attention then you look at the map it said like Arbiter's Grounds and it's like oh yeah. this actually is the top of that that weird statue that held the the Mirror of Twilight. Really? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that's in there too. Yeah, that's like really the, the cool. Big thing where you had to put the spinner in to get it to come up. Yeah. Like you can see that, but it's almost completely the top buried. Of it. oh, that's and it's so called cool. Arbiter's Ground. And yeah. It's all completely buried under sand stuff. So it's like the the throwbacks are really neat, but it, in the end, it kind of just it kind of bugged me in the end that there wasn't more to it other than this is a cool Easter egg. Yes. So personally, I was just kind of like, this is really cool. God, I wish there was more like relevance to it. <laughs> I get what you know, mean. Than, than it was because like there's there's no like quest line or anything to really like you. You go to Arbiter's Grounds. That's kind of it. It's just it's just there. And then there was like the temple, which I believe was in the north east corner of the map, kind of near the beach. And it was like literally the plot, the place where um, Fee or Fi does like her first dance after the first temple in Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's yeah. one of the places where Zelda does her. Uh... It's like like you said, it's like one to one. Yeah. And like just just slightly different overgrowth, whatever texture is on it. And I'm like. You know that's cool, but how does that relate to anything? It kind of doesn't. It's just it's just there. Geographically, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Ge- Geographically, exactly. It's like it's just it's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't know. Like I I and I'll just say this, just kind of going into it right now. Like for me, the reason all this happens is because the Zelda series has different people who write the the lore at different points. There's no standard writer. Mm-hmm. There's no Bible that they refer to. Yeah. Uh, on it, it's just people coming in and doing their own thing at different points in time. And that's why it's disjointed. This is not like J.K. Rowling writing every yeah. piece of, of literature. Right. You know, and, and maybe back, you know, going back and double-checking themselves or whatever. They, do, they don't do that. Like, and, and a lot of series don't do that either, which is where some people, it's kind of interesting how some people like myself and others just get really involved in the lore of a series. And then, like, Resident Evil is a good example. And it's like, yeah, like, nobody who worked on the original Resident Evil's works at Capcom anymore. Yeah. So when you sit there and be like, oh, how come this story is different here for this reason? It's like, well, someone else is writing it. Like, they may, they may just have just not thought about it. You know, but like I, that. I do think, like, mainline RE uh, lore is pretty tight, though, right? I don't think there's a lot of contradictions in that. Not like contradictions, but there are some weird character motivations and some weird sure. stuff. Like, they, they, by Resident Evil 5, they went back and tried to retroactively, like, fix and make everything fit together nicely. Which has not happened for Zelda. No. <laughs> I don't think that will ever happen for Zelda. And I don't know, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it'll ever happen for yeah. Zelda. What I was really hoping, and I think, Mike, you were the same way, I was kind of really hoping they were just going to go and say, this is just an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. This Breath of the Wild doesn't exist on any timeline. It just 
it is its own universe. It's like a like a soft reboot. Yeah, I would have got. I would have loved to go with the soft reboot route, and then me too. You know, maybe yeah. maybe future games that they make after this could fill in the blanks where it's like you're going to see familiar locations, familiar events and moments, but they're going to be redone because it's a reboot universe. Yeah, uh, that's what I would have actually wished they would have gone on than doing this like it's wherever you want it to be i get that because some of my favorite zelda stuff scenario wise is wind waker is that because of what happens because there's a, a version because of time travel there's a world in ocarina where uh ganondorf is in prison for nothing right they just warn him and there's just a link who grows up doing nothing that uh there's just no hero there and so the whole world floods and that's a cause and like effect i love that it, it, to me it, it strengthens the scenario in a way of just like um we caused this. I really like that. I like it when it's direct. I like the theories of Twilight Princess that uh, uh, the guy who teaches you new moves is, is like a, a fallen link. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, then there's the crazy theory that in that timeline, like the like Link never made it back from Termina or whatever. Oh, or, or yeah. Or maybe he was trapped in Termina for so long or he died trying to get his on his way back home because he didn't have Navi and he was in the Lost Woods. And then that's the spirit you find in Twilight Princess who te- passes on his moves. I love that. Because he yeah. lived with all this regret and never being able to do that. There's all those crazy fan theories and stuff like that with with Majora's Mask with Twilight Princess, which is good because they don't contradict each other, you know? Yeah. They can they can they can be true, they cannot be true. The problem is when you try to wrap your head around all of the the massive amounts of Easter eggs and fan service in Breath of the Wild, it naturally contradicts itself. You know, because like I said, all the different tribes and races and this and that, and it's like you know, like in 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 Wind Waker timeline, the Gerudo are gone, like they're just dead or something. Yeah. Um. But there's Gerudo in Breath of the Wild, and and there's and there's Rito, which is weird. Yep. Because the the previously did not exist in the same universe, kind of thing. So it's just odd. I, but uh, I really wish it was just sort of a, a reboot. I think you know you just, you probably yeah. probably still feel that way, maybe. Yeah. Oh, uh, we actually have a, like a question about that. Uh, we talked about bunch about some of the stuff these people are going to be asking about so give me a sec um john uh the first question from john asks, uh hey allies i think that putting breath of the wild at the end of the three timelines is the is nintendo essentially rebooting the franchise while there might still be references to characters events and locations from previous games they will remain just that a small reference or nod but nothing substantial that would influence the main story or world design of future games uh I would think, or sorry, I think that Breath of the Wild will be a new starting point of what basically is a new timeline separate from the previous one. Going forward, new games, whether 2D or 3D, will be tied directly to the history described by Breath of the Wild, meaning events of 10,000 years ago when the Divine Beasts were first used, the calamity caused by Ganon uh, 100 years ago, or the current period when the game actually begins. Love and respect. So, um, that's like a good, like, that's a good theory. Um, I... To, and to answer your questions, a little bit of this, because I was personally hoping that they would just make Breath of the Wild, as you said, a, just a soft reboot where this is our way of saying goodbye to the previous, like, 30 years of Zelda. Mm-hmm. So that we have all these stories, all these lore, we know fans have loved them, they've tried to piece them together, and we even put it together our version of the official events, but for various reasons, which we've all talked about already, it, it, that's as good as it's going to get. And we can't be beholden to this stuff anymore if we want to go forward and make new adventures. Especially, we want to make a new, we want to make a new continuity. We feel like with these strong tales to tell, we have new writers, we have new people are working on the series. 
let them have their chance and not be chained to this past anymore. Yeah. And I do like this. And the reason I read this is because I like this interpretation is while that's not necessarily the case, like now, especially trying to like shoehorn it in. I, I really wish Nintendo wouldn't do this. I really wish Nintendo would just take the stance of it's we're a clean break. Yeah. But if they're going to still try and appease fans who care about this, this is a good angle to, to take. Okay. It takes place so far at the end of whatever timeline you want to pick. Yeah. But going forward, we're not acknowledging those events anymore. Like we're not. There's not going to be like some payoff by playing Breath of the Wild two. You're not going to learn some like super cool thing about Ocarina of Time or a Link to the Past or the Wind Waker. That that's it. It's not going to. We're not doing that anymore. You're going to have. Whoa! What happened to Link and Zelda after Breath of the Wild? Sure. Or as this person said, as John said, maybe we'll get to learn about the events described in Breath of the Wild only because that is our new starting point for new continuity. That's the only thing I object to. I think we'll never see those beasts again. Yeah, I I think that stuff. Oh, no, I think that will never be referenced I, again. I think I agree with you. Like, yeah, gun to head answer. I don't think we're seeing any more of that. Well, lore. yeah, I think honestly, he's probably put more thought into that question than Nintendo will put into the next Zelda game story. <laughs> like honestly, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some questions. I will go into like okay, how right, we believe that as well. Yeah. No, there's a good stuff. Uh, Leo asks uh, or Leo writes, greeting his allies. Do you think that Nintendo desperately wants to separate upcoming Zelda games from their official timeline? Now that I see Breath of the Wild at the end of the three timelines with no specific connection whatsoever, I don't think they care since I haven't think they've cared for many years now. <laughs> Skyward Sword was placed at the beginning, and I felt the same because they really didn't want to mess things up back then. And I think this gives them a lot of freedom and narrative, a uh, creative freedom and narrative freedom, very similar to what you see in Dark Souls games. I do enjoy uh, these adventures as tales and myths that you have to build up for yourself to make your own conclusions rather than an official timeline that tries to follow up and tries to avoid contradicting itself constantly. I wanted to know your opinion on this. So basically... The gist of this is, from my take of it, uh, uh, sorry, I want uh, a love and respect, uh, or Pura Vida, Pura Vida from Costa Rica. Oh, cool. Pura Vida. That's love and respect? I think so, okay. right? Vida's life. Life. Someone correct us. Like, we would, like, make us sound good and stuff. Yeah. I, I think that, like, Make us sound good and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but, but basically, uh, for Leo's, uh, sentiment is that it's nice like basically when they give us like like skyward sword like they went in the beginning because oh we don't have to worry about we might not have to worry about other stuff but like then it ended up like uh well now everyone's looking to it to be like the this cornerstone for everything but but, but we're doing with breath of the wild the, like it's nice to have them have this creative freedom and not have to worry about everything like fix fitting everything in together just leads to a lot of problems yeah. we alluded to this in the last like uh, question and answer this is something that Nintendo just could think honestly, in my opinion, could do without. So I, I don't know. Like basically, do you think that Nintendo really should be worrying that much about an official timeline when when creating these games? And do, do you think that the, there's some kind of like obligation that they, they need to fulfill, especially since they put out official timelines, they put out books about this stuff? It, it, yeah, is there an obligation for them to kind of like address this stuff going forward? Uh so I think the premise of the question is that the timeline doesn't matter. 
Um, but I, I, and you're right. It doesn't, right? It's always about gameplay and all those things. And I know there are people listening to this podcast right now who are pulling their hair out, where it's just like, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Um, I, I still feel though that a timeline strengthens your story, that it, that it enhances how much you enjoy a franchise and how much you look forward to the next one. I don't think it hurts. I don't think a timeline hurts. I wish they did care more about it, uh, because it's fun. It's, it's fun and interesting to connect these things. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I I get I get the these this idea that like hey it's really nice that they don't have to worry about that old stuff but I don't want them to keep doing that forever and well I mean if they want to sure if if every new Zelda game is a new Zelda universe absolutely go for it go nuts but I don't think it hurts I don't think it would hurt just for the next game to be directly connected to Breath of the Wild in some way I think the problem is here is they they did this to themselves mm-hmm. because when they're like we want creative freedom we don't want to think about the story and here's where your problem was whether it was Skyward Sword by trying to do it at the very beginning or, or Breath of the Wild doing it at the very end, your problem is you're still making your game about Zelda, the Triforce, and Ganon. And if you want to have creative freedom, stop making everything have to take place in Hyrule and getting, the, getting you know, stopping Ganon and saving Zelda. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Like, yeah. because I honestly feel the best written Zelda games are, are the ones that don't even take place in, in Hyrule. Like... Jura's Mask and, and Link's Awakening have nothing to do with any of them, and they're yeah. strong games, be, like almost because of it. And if you want to have a game that does take place, kind of go Wind Waker's route and go like, oh, I'm going to, we are going to specifically target the specific events and make it like a follow up or a prelude, you know, to another like Zelda game where Wind Waker heavily relied on Ocarina of Time storyline. Yeah. So to me, it's like, look, if you want to have it in Hyrule and you want to have Triforce, you want to have this, you want to have all these stock standard things, uh, pick a spot or a game you want to directly prelude or, or follow up and focus and have that be like some part of your focus. And if you don't want to focus at all on the story, don't put it in Hyrule. Don't have Zelda and the Triforce and Ganon. Like, you can do without them. Because they're not saying anything new about them. What, yeah. have, what have we learned about Ganon? Nothing. They're just reusing him over and over. Yeah, like, well, especially with Breath of the Wild. Like, it was just kind of like he's just a fart cloud. Yes. Um, Wind Waker, they tried to do something with him. I really and, liked and, him in Wind Waker. Right, because he had character and an yeah. art, kind of. So it was like, th- that was good. But, you know, you, I, I feel like they're, they're, they need to stop feeling they're obligated to put something that either looks like Ganon or is Ganon or some form of Ganon. And yeah. he's trying to get the, the, the Triforce or power of some sort and having Zelda having to stop him. Like we just, I think they've done that, that basic over, you know, overlying story narrative. They've done it to death. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's really not much more interesting they can do with it. Uh, if, at least from that perspective of like, I got to save, I got to save Hyrule and probably Zelda at some point. I got to stop Ganon and seal him away. Like there's nothing, there's nothing more to be done there. Yeah. That's, that's interesting on that narrative part. Um, now there's definitely, if you still wanted to use those characters, like I said, I think you can make very interesting storylines. Absolutely. With twists on those. Absolutely. Yeah. If you still want to have those characters and setting, absolutely. But, um, at that point you should probably try to make it, like do what Wind Waker did and make it feel like a part of an of an overall grander narrative that does feel connected and does like have uh, weight to it. Yeah. Um. Where yeah. Otherwise, just 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 go somewhere else. Right. There's more to the world than Hyrule. Yeah. Because that moment that moment when you're in Hyrule Castle beneath the water 
that means more because it is connected to prior stories. Yeah. If it's if if, if Wind Waker is its own isolated game and none of it took none of it happened before it, it's kind of yeah. weird. It's a, that that doesn't have that impact of going to Hyrule beneath the water. And so I, there, I think there are adv- advantages to connecting them for sure. Uh, yeah, the Wind Waker is like it. You said, Kyle. To me, the Wind Waker is one of the greatest examples of the payoffs and some of like the beauty you can see in a, a more beauty that you get out of a game that does embrace a previous game, like direct connections, trying to have some semblance of continuity. So I've, to me going from Ocarina of time to the wind waker, connecting those two games. Like I love that connection they have. And mm-hmm. I like how the wind waker says, all oh, right, this is, it, it's still same concepts, but it's the world's different. It's been flooded. You got all these different like theme, similar themes, but also like new locations. But you then you find out, oh, there are familiar things in here still. There's still the world has. It feels like the world has moved on. It has evolved yeah. from this game. But you still have payoffs from playing both. You didn't need to play Ocarina of Time to like appreciate the Wind Waker. But you definitely got a whole lot more out of it if you did play that. And that's kind of like what I personally would like to see in terms of going forward with the series. Is that you might necessarily need to have played the previous game or games to get them like to enjoy the newest one but i would appreciate it if they didn't just shun or it's like walking on eggshells when you're trying to talk about older games in the series i really hope breath of the wild going forward they can feel comfortable nintendo embracing like the next game oh let's reference that moment when you know Oh, Link has a problem with this part. Oh, it's because, like, he sees a guardian. Like, let's say he goes to New Land and he sees a statue of a guardian. And he freaks out. Why is he freaking out? I've never played Breath of the Wild. Oh, those are those enemies. They do a flashback. And, like, those are those terrible enemies or something. Yeah. I know that's not the greatest connection. But, like, something you can use your imagination. Something along the lines of that where you played both, you get a more satisfying, you know, you get more satisfaction out of it, essentially. Um yeah, because I, I think a problem okay. with the with Breath of the Wild and with and really with really with Skyward Sword was just kind of like they wanted to have their story and they wanted to like they kind of just thought up what they were going to do and then it massively contradicts all the games around it. Mm-hmm. So because in that in that point, I'm just like, was it really so necessary to have the Triforce be involved in this game? And we need to have the Master Sword origin. Well, they already said with the Master Sword origin, we're going to make a new origin. Mm-hmm. Why? That's what I want for this game. Well, why don't you just not call it the Master Sword then? Like, don't uh, like if they want to have creative freedom, don't don't tie yourself because they don't they don't tie themselves down. They just sort of like willy nilly sometimes. Just you know, oh well, the, the, the Master Sword was this one thing, and then it had to you had to go on this this quest line and do all these errands for all these dragons, and then they had to like add these flames to it. I'm like, what? What? Like, I don't what? Where does that come from? And like. That has no rele- that has no mention or relevance in anything else. Doesn't matter, <laughs> but we really wanted it because I think it's it's almost kind of it's like when marketing, you know, co- uh, conflicts with um, production, where it's like we gotta have that branding. Yeah, it's gotta have the Triforce in there somewhere. Like they don't even say the word Triforce in Breath of the Wild, but you know we gotta have that on like the stained glass window, you know, in the Hyrule Castle and stuff. Like we we we, we got to have that, and like people know the name Ganon. So we'll call him, like Breath of the Wild. You could have called that last boss anything you wanted. Could have called him Demise. You could have. <laughs> you you could have called him Bob. Yeah. And it would have had the same relevance because he doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say anything. Like he's he's just evil Cloud. You yeah. Know, just it doesn't it doesn't even matter. But it's like you know what people remember that name Ganon. You know 
it's, it's memed on the internet to this day. Those CDI games did us a favor. Yeah. So, yeah. so we need that name Ganon in there. Does it matter? No. <laughs> what, what I kind of like about Skyward Sword is that it also, it kind of justifies why these three characters keep getting reincarnated. Uh, but also, like, it doesn't explain why Beetle gets reincarnated. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it makes sense. It, yeah. Like, because of what happens at yeah, the end of that game. Why does keep coming back? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense why everybody else keeps coming back. But I kind of like this idea that, like, part of the goddess is in Zelda. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, 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 this actually was just pretty interesting. Uh, the real quick thing I just want to say, uh, I just hope going forward they, 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 they keep moving forward with games. The yes. jumping back and forth to try and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, for the sake of we need freedom we can't be attached to this game go hundred years this way we won't have to worry about it hundred years that way we won't have to worry about it it would be nice if they uh, don't have to worry about that anymore and can and keep going forward and that's what ten thousand years is it totally yeah is. that's what that's they longer did, than sure. our written history that's I think the point of it it's just like yeah don't the worry break about clean yeah F- uh, facsimile uh, writes uh, hi allies uh, with the new and arguably not so improved updates to the Zelda timeline Ooh. I'm curious about how it affects your perception of Breath of the Wild. Does it retroactively sweeten or sour your experience? Or does it bring an entirely new dimension of enjoyment or dissatisfaction to the game, independent of your previous playtime? Similarly, how have your feelings about any of the uh, given Zelda games changed once they were given placement in the Zelda timeline, if at all? Love and respect. Yeah, I kind of dig that question. I don't know. Do you you feel your, your opinion on Breath of the Wild changed? Yes, like in any way. There, the I mean, the only thing they could have done is tried to actually place it between some games, which I think would have actively ruined, uh, would have negatively impacted my perception of Breath of the Wild. If they tried to more strongly connect it. Oh yeah. At this point, at this awful. point now, like yes. after, like they had their chance in game to do stuff. Yeah. When it was clear that all right, this game is probably way after anything, if it's even in one of these timelines. I guess they're going for a clean slate here. Yeah. My hope at that point, my expectation was that's what I hope the messaging is, is that they're not going to really try and connect to any games. And despite them saying, Oh, it's at the end of any timeline. They're not, like it's still not really connected to anything else. It's just, and it's probably very likely going to be a clean break. So if anything, nothing they've said so far is like negatively impacted my perception of breath of the wild. Um, it, it was just in the moment of playing that game. A little bit of disappointment, like everything you've said so far, Simmons, about like little Easter eggs that just didn't really go anywhere with them. Other mean Easter eggs, Ganon, they like you said, could have been pick any other name for the boss and it would have gotten the same like impact. It was just like a red herring almost the whole time. Like there's gonna be this big payoff. What's this big payoff? There, there is no big payoff. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Could have been anything. I Th- mean, that's Calamity Ganon's a cool looking boss. Oh yeah, visually, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's something different, but at the same time. There's certain expectations for some fans when you throw out the name Ganon. Yes. Ganon. You're going to see Ganon. This is good. And then like, they tease it like this is going to be this big reveal. When you get there, yeah. you get to finally see Ganon, everybody. And no, not really. It's just this thing. It's cool. But th- that's me. I don't know about how either of you feel. No, I, I get what you're, you're It's basically, it's not, it, it doesn't positively impact you to say it's at the end of the timeline, but it's a relief. And I, I'm with, I'm there with you. It's yeah. a relief that it's at the end. Yeah, because wasn't they, when they threw out like the ten thousand years number, mm-hmm. it's kind of like okay, this is at the end of whatever. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. And if they tried to smush it in to, between two other games, I would have been like, no, why, why would you do that? Yeah, uh, you know, because and, and and 
even if you wanted to say, oh, well, you know, it's after Skyward Sword, but before everything else, like, no, <laughs> because you directly reference things from other games happening before it. So, yeah, um, relief that, the, hey, they're putting it at the end. I'm disappointed that they're not going with uh, it's its own thing. Yeah. But I'm very neutral either way on it. Just kind of like, whatever, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fine. At least they're acknowledging that they put a lot of time and distance between them. But I really kind of, I would have. It would have been more positive for me if they had just said it's brand new, like it's it's yeah. rebooted. This is this has no connection, like to anything. We're just going forward from here. This is the new start. I would have more. I would have actually would have more positively looked at it like that rather than trying to say like, you know, doing that. It's wherever you want it to be, honey. You know, yeah. like that's 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 my only thing I can say about positive or negative on effect of that game in particular for me. So, all right. I mean, yeah, I think we all kind of like feel much the same. I do. I want to wrap this up by bringing this back to one of the most, one of the most, I think, the biggest questions asked about this topic from from certain people, um, like and where you stand on the on on this the, this kind of like question. Uh, it was brought up by VG Junkie and uh, another uh, ally, Morgan uh, Mahala, also asked a question that's very similar to VG Junkies. So I'm, I'm going to read VG Junkies submission but they basically ask the same thing uh do you think that nintendo actually cares about the zelda timeline or is it just an arbitrary fan obsession that they decided to play along with as previously <laughs> stated it's basically like they decide a game's place in the timeline only after it's already done do you think that the ties and references we have between games are planned as part of some overarching through line or are they really just the work of some random staff members that had cool ideas for references to older games? I have my answer. I, I have a question to, to uh, uh, before we get into this. Um, I remember hearsay of a document. Aha! Right? Of a secret document <laughs> b- before the timeline was public. Yeah. I now believe that document never existed. So... To clarify, yeah, um, you're talking about a document that uh, Miyamoto said in a, I believe it was an interview with Super News, uh, maybe a decade or more ago. Sure. Where uh, the outlet asked about it, and Miyamoto said, there's actually a document we have that connects the games. It was further, later further clarified to be just bullet points about certain things that would connect to each other in, really? in the game. It was and when I uh, when I talked to uh, Takashi Tezuka at E3 a few years ago when we were still game trailers, um, essentially admitted to part of the, if you're looking for an official answer to this, uh-huh. Tezuka said him and Miyamoto they never conceived some grand overarching storyline like when they're making the original Legend of Zelda. Like yeah. there was no document from the start. They weren't charting out future games. They basically were worried about creating lore and, and stuff just for a single game. There's plenty of stuff that's come out since that talks about like the, the different ideas they had for the original Legend of Zelda. From like the Triforce being computer chips and stuff to like the future thing that everyone now wants to see happen. Yeah. They, they had a lot of crazy things. But it's clear that like they had multiple different weird, crazy, awesome ideas they wanted to try out for the original Z- Legend of Zelda. They went with one. And it's pretty clear after the facts, as they moved on since that game, oh, let's make a sequel. Well, don't sequels usually, like, it's it like common sense. Oh, the sequel. Yeah, it'll just be, like, after. It'll be the next one or something like that. But, I mean, they've always introduced elements of, hey, we will acknowledge a previous game, but we will also introduce new elements that sometimes confuse people. And the, the answer to this question is that it's, it's a little bit complicated. I don't think Nintendo cared about 
they do not care ahead of time about planning out how to for the original 30 years of Zelda up to Breath of the Wild. I do not think Nintendo cared about mapping out all of the games. There was no, hey, we, we our next game is going to be Skyward Sword. Okay, we really got to figure out, and it's going to be a prequel. We really got to figure out how it connects all those games. They're like, no, make it a game first. And uh, then we'll start filling in maybe some cool nods and stuff like that. I think that's the best you ever get. The, there are a few exceptions here and there, but I think that's the, the the base level you get from that. And I do think a lot of the work is done after the fact. The, ex, the, the biggest exception to this is that there have been a few key staff members, uh, a part of the Zelda team over the years, that tried to work in a little bit more of like a planned continuity between the immediate games they were working on. Who are these people? Like Yoshiaki Koizumi, uh, Kensuke cool. Tanabe, um, Tezuka himself. But the thing is, I don't think they were creating like lore for the larger mythology of the series is the best you can point to. I still don't think, despite like my love and passion using them, that you routinely as defense for why there was a Zelda timeline. I don't even think they were conceiving of a large order of games falling into like a master timeline. I think at any point, like Koizumi is like, I'm thinking of like two or three games in my head. I want them to connect like this. And it's like, Oh, Ocarina of time link, like in Majora's mask and maybe the wind waker because Ocarina of time and the wind waker have, as we talked about, have a lot of strong connections to each other, but I, no one ever at the, until recently when they were told, Hey, let's sell some got, let's sell some books that put together the whole history of like the legend of Zelda series. Let's try and nail it down. I don't think anyone in Nintendo was actively at any point trying to fit every single game into a continuity unless they were asked about it. They, they only started thinking about it because the press started asking because fans started asking about it. Th- that That's my honest, yeah. like the most honest answer I think you're going to get is that it is a, it is a complicated answer. Tones and beliefs shifted over time as key staff members changed. But every, the, 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 the Zelda series continuity was never something planned from the beginning was even planned through the midway and i think as the creators were made more and more aware of fan theories or fan expectations fan perceptions of the game input from like the other subsidiaries probably nintendo america nintendo of europe they were like let's throw in some of this stuff like it, it, it's nice and i think they do cared about some elements of it too i also talked like koizumi definitely cared about the stuff he was playing i think even miyamoto cared about some of the elements here and there you know karina uh, yeah and, and even like anuma and, and i definitely know if Ujibashi cares whether or not you think he's good or not he definitely has a passion for trying to connect stuff together it's just they've all tried to connect their individual stuff and that's why it's always been a hodgepodge of like and a mismatch of like where these go together but these don't go together, but like they should have just like split off everything into their own isolated clusters and been like, this was like the old series, like in their self-contained. Here's like the and the 3D Zeldas, and they're all in their own self-contained series. Here are all the spin-off or like the Capcom or the flagship original ones, the, the Fujibayashi arc, basically, of yeah. like those again, Minish Cap, Oracles, Four Sword stuff, and then this new one. I think maybe doing like micro series would have worked out and better. But at the same time, there's a little bit of beauty and appreciation to seeing fans over 30 years try and piece all this together, but never quite able to do, like to do it and stuff. Like there would always be like someone pointing out, well, that doesn't fit quite right together. And I think it was a fun pastime for a while, but I think at this point, Nintendo either needs to decide with Breath of the Wild 2, do we want to make continuity going forward, and what do we want out of it? I mean, what do we want users, to, like the consumers and fans, to get out of it? Or like, they, I think they need to pick something and stick with it this time, and they'll be better off for it. Yeah. Um. 
going into to, to my this is like a big old pre-can speech here let's do it for me is um i don't again mostly the kind of what you were saying about like i don't think necessarily there was any great pre-planned thing especially 30 years ago when miyamoto and tezuka were making zelda one and two they were not thinking of future games i think they were so young and and video games industry itself was so young and just sort of just rebounding like there was no idea in your heads about making this giant sprawling epic that would go on for 30 years like or even a franchise a fran- or exactly yeah. even a franchise so the way i look at it is this uh when they started there were people who did care a little bit about what was going on so uh in the early 90s, Yoshiaki Koizumi was a film student. He graduated from a film college. And they he got hired on at Nintendo because, like most college people, you probably you don't always get the job you want that you went to school for. So he takes a job at Nintendo. And then from what I've, what I've researched is that they basically had had Link to the Past pretty much done when they hired him on. And they said, hey, we were, we were kind of finished this game up, but uh, we don't really have any backstory going on to it. You want to write, like, you know, the... You want to write some backstory for us, like on this? Put it in the instruction manual. So he does, and yeah. he writes the link to the past instruction manual. So Koizumi comes up with the whole concept of the three golden goddesses, the creation of Hyrule, the Triforce, the Sacred Realm. He comes up with all that stuff, kind of puts it in the instruction book, um, gets horribly mistranslated in English, as, as you're well aware of. Um, but you can, I think, if you read the uh, the GBA version, it's actually the correct translation. But um, anyways. So that's his first gig at Nintendo, is to come up with the backstory to the whole Zelda series. So he does in the instruction manual for, for Link to the Past. Then he gets on his next project uh, with Tanabe, kind of had started with Tezuka as an after-school club thing for making Link's Awakening. And they're like, hey, let's bring Koizumi in. He's a romantic. And they say, write the whole scenario. And he and his, he said with to an interview with Chris Kohler and Wired, Koizumi said, I came up with like the whole scenario. Like The only thing Tanabe had come up with was basically like, uh, an island sure with an egg on it like that's <laughs> all he had at that point oh you're trapped on an island with an egg so he's like i came up with the idea of a dream and had like the the story and everything and all the rest so he, uh, he said he was really inspired by twin peaks and yada yada so he comes up with the, the whole scenario really for link's awakening is koizumi which to me is super brilliant like i love the storyline of the game will fight people um over the storyline of link's awakening uh, and then after that, you know, he, he works on Ocarina of Time. He's an assistant director. He's doing a lot of the 3D character modeling. Uh, he worked on Mario 64 as well. And he, in the same interview, he talks about how he had to hide story from Miyamoto and Ocarina of Time inside NPC dialogue, mm-hmm. including the Flat and Sharp Brothers is what he pointed out specifically. Who is, who is that? Those are the two ghosts who guard the royal family tomb in the Kikariko graveyard. The composer uh, brothers composer teach brothers. you the sun. The they don't sun, teach you the sun. Or I mean, you go they, down, in there, you but go down there. yeah. <laughs> so he he had to hide story from Miyamoto. Why? Miyamoto, what do they say? What do those guys say? They talk about how like they were um, instructed by the royal family to f- think of a song that could control time. Cool. And that Ganondorf basically tried to strong arm his like the research out of them, and they basically like would refuse to give it, and that he, he they were murdered. For basically withholding, you know, this this secret. Yeah, that's fun him. lore. So, I like stuff right? like that. Right. So, yeah. But Miyamoto hates that stuff because he hates dialogue. Um, yeah. He, you know, he comes. I think he just he just comes from the arcade era of the '80s, where it's like it's just immediate gratification. Um, and then Kuzumi direct co-directs Majora's Mask, where Anuma is also the other director. He does all the critical path stuff in the dungeons. Kuzumi did all the NPC dialogue, the all, good stuff, and all the side yeah. quests in Majora's Mask. Um, after that, he's an assistant director on Wind Waker, which I, I highly regard the story of Wind Waker. Yeah. Uh, and then he moves away because they start EAD Tokyo. And he goes and he makes Mario games from then till now. Uh, so all the What's ga- his first one? 
technically, it's Sun. Well, technically, Mario sixty four is the first game he was an assistant director on. Right. He did Sunshine. He did Galaxy. Director of Galaxy. Yeah, he's leading actual, at that point. Right? Actual director of Galaxy. Yeah. Then he moves up after Galaxy One, and he's just producer role after that. Sure. But he comes up with the story for Rosalina. He writes that book himself. Thing. Yada cool. yada. But he's just doing Mario now. He because he was. I, I look at it this way. He we had a guy who was a came from a story driven uh, art school path. He had this lore built in. He kind of tried to always kind of because from Link to the Past to Wind Waker, they they were easy to follow. They actually definitely connected. After that, you have other people doing various different Zelda games at mm-hmm. various different times, and that's where I think all the the, the jumbledness comes from. You know, with uh, like, where, how does Twilight Princess fit in? Very, very roughly. You know, with yeah. after Majora's Mask stuff like that, and Four Swords Adventure eh, over here somewhere. <laughs> so, and, and then like, you know, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks do follow a very linear timeline. Like, they, they're obviously very following Toon Link down that path. But it's like, yeah. All the games post Majora's, post Majora's and Wind Waker are just they, they don't fit nearly as well because Koizumi left. You, you had the you had the advantage of having a guy who who at least in his brain had was connecting all these stories he worked on for all you know the sequence of those like four or five games in a row. So it's like it was easy for them to connect because whether he was like super serious about it or not, the idea was he still was the it was his brain who thought up most of this lore stuff. Yeah, and when his brain's not gone, and Nintendo, I don't think cared that particularly. I don't think there was ever a moment where they're like, "Hey, can you come down, you know, back to Kyoto and go over like the series lore?" Like, no one's double checking, fact checking him in Tokyo. Yeah, about it. They were just kind of like, "Oh, we'll go make our games, and you'll make your games," kind of thing. I and I think that's that's what happened there, and that's where the confusion came from. So I think it's kind of a problem of you had someone who was kind of doing something. He kind of started something. And the fans really gravitated towards it, so they didn't want to let it go. But they also didn't care that much that they're like, "I need to have a Bible." So it, it kind of just sort of became this this weird sort of almost series of events as to where I look at where the Zelda game fell into now. Yeah, where we are now. That's just how it was. It was like they definitely wanted to appease fans, but they weren't that committed to it. So you kind of got this. This weird jumbled thing that you get now with the Zelda timeline. And going back to Damiani's point, I feel like there's no excuse now. It's like you, yeah. you've done your reboot, essentially. You've given yourself 10,000 years. If you want to make a timeline, if you want to put a timeline up on your website, do it right. Make that Bible. Do that right now. I mean, my, my, my greatest wish, honestly, for the Zelda series would be for them to just get in touch with Koizumi and say, yep. can you write... I mean, he's so high up at Nintendo now, though, but like, can you just write us like a series Bible? Just write us a long just list of things that whatever. Yeah, he's just, like hardware designer yeah. Switch now. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. So, so like, just just yeah. come up with a timeline for us and we'll just kind of like pick and choose where we want to put the next like 10 games. Yeah. We'll just... just That'd just, be so good. To me, I'm like, it doesn't even... It doesn't have to, you know, make it as detailed or undetailed as you want. Just... Just make a roadmap, and then we'll make a game, and then we'll decide. We'll look at your roadmap and go, we want it there. Yeah. But at least at that point, you've you've already just made the roadmap. Because, I, like you said, at this point, 30-plus years in, like it's obvious people like this. People still like it. We're still talking about it. Um, I don't think it would be that. It wouldn't really take that much time and money to just build a roadmap out for the next 10 years, you know, post-Breath of the Wild, and just be like, you know, just have someone figure this out, and just, that's just his job. If that's all, he, even if that's all he does, that's fine. And you can just, you know, stick things in, you know, games in where you want them to be. Yeah. But at least you've had some sort of coherency built out because now you know, 
people do care. And not like in a meme way, like with the Mario or the Donkey Kong lore. Yes. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, you know, try to read about like the Great Ape War and stuff like that with the DK <laughs> country timeline and stuff. Like it, it is. The Great Ape War? Yes, I am dead serious. Oh, is that because of some 64 stuff? Because they have yep, weapons? Exactly. Okay, okay, uh, and in exactly. And like in why certain games, like remember when, when Rare was gone and they had that era of weird donkey kong games jungle climber and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and like they tried to to fit this in and they oh my I'm, I'm dead serious and jungle beat yeah, yeah and yeah. jungle beat is which was also a koizumi game by yeah. the way yeah yeah uh which he did not want to have any reference to the rare games on which was really bizarre but i i don't know if it was like either he was just being respectful or he just hated them i don't know <laughs> but jungle beats it but jungle beat was still a, a fascinating really game. cool game yeah yeah and that is a koizumi directed title i believe though not much lore there yeah, not much lore in that one. Feels good to just beat on the drums and punch a guy, though. Yep, yeah. it does feel fantastic. I think we've had our uh, our fill of Zelda for the year. For the year, we'll come Zelda back. Zelda timeline discussion. We'll check in a year from now. Let's we'll come back a year. Uh, yeah, next uh, Zelda game is announced. So yep. I'm sure we'll come back to this. Uh, thank you for all those questions for that. That was a, a fun discussion. Um, I want to wrap this up by a, a, a really brief but kind of fun uh, little headline. Um, how do you say... The Nintendo Entertainment System, when abbreviated. How do you pronounce it? Um, this has become a thing after the Japanese release of WarioWare Gold. Mm-hmm. It has a museum section in that game, and in the Japanese characters uh, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, they spell out Nessu in, uh, in Japanese. So people interpret this as an official stance on the pronunciation of the classic console to be NES. Case closed, right? <laughs> Wrong. Uh, we're running a little long here, so there were several there were several questions about this subject. Um, I don't think we really need to get that in depth with it because okay, so people are taking this as oh, game came out in Japanese version. Mm-hmm. They said it's this. Yeah. So in N- Jap- Nintendo published and Nintendo's the Japanese company, so yeah. the Japanese version should be the most authentic. You know, especially just talking about all the timeline stuff. Yeah. That was a very what could very, be more authentic? Yeah, than what this? could be more authentic than that? Well. Let's just wrap this up right now. Um, I'm going to play a clip. Uh, you all are going to hear it in just a second, and you're going to see it in just a second. Uh, this is from E3 2005, and it features the late and great Satoru Iwata, and he's coming back to help us settle this debate. Wait, who is Satoru Iwata? What is his job? President and CEO. Yes. Definitive. This is going to be the Ex definitive way president. to pronounce. The At the time, he was the president and CEO. Yes. Like, if this is an authority yes. on official Nintendo stuff, there's no one higher than Satoru Iwata. No one. No one. Yeah. Well, he and he was handpicked by Hiroshi Yamauchi himself to succeed. Oh yeah, yes. I forgot about the <laughs> previous. Kick, which not uh, in the family anymore. Which, yeah. by the way, yes, he was the third person to run it. It was three people all from. That clan yeah. in, in oh, ancient yeah. Japan. Do you that, think that ran like, Nintendo? First non-family member. And he was yeah. the first on, and he was handpicked. Do you think there was a Yamauchi who, who was like really bummed that he wasn't picked? That secretly plotted against Satoru Iwata? Yeah. <gasps> oh. Anyway, wait, sorry, we but, got way off. Okay. In terms of authority, that has, that has anything to do with Gunpei Yokoi. Oh, don't oh. get into that. Don't do that. All right, that's not. That's a weird. That is a terrible rabbit hole. All right, so check this out, and we'll be right back. But we are redefining the term backward compatibility. That's because we have designed Revolution to be a virtual console capable of downloading 
20 years of Nintendo content. You will be able to purchase great games originally created for NES, Super NES, and Nintendo 64. It is accurate to say that Nintendo Revolution is technically capable of playing virtually every Nintendo console game ever created. Huh. Huh. So as you just saw and heard, Iwata clearly says NES and Super NES when referring to the virtual console coming to the revolution. <laughs> Which would become the Wii in 2006. And as someone who used to professionally parody the man when he was still among us, I believe I will take his word for it. Thank that you. That it was, it, was, it was NES classic. Yeah. Or NES, an NES, and as they said in the clip, NES remix. Yeah. You know, when that game came out. So, yeah. Uh, you, don't, you don't be president of Nintendo and not know what your, what your most successful product is. You know, because and here's the thing. The only time I ever heard people call it NES were, were people who were super casual who didn't play video games. Oh, uh, no way. No almost way. everyone I knew growing oh. up called it Nintendo. Mostly just blank Nintendo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. Uh, NES Nintendo. was around. And then like casual fans who like would had it, but kind of just played a couple games on it. They're like, yeah, I got a NES. I got a SNES. Mm-hmm. I would say SNES. Because it was easier than saying Super NES, sure. just because it was it was a shorter. Yeah, mouthful. I've heard SNES s- more than NES. I've always I, I can't really remember too often anyone saying NES instead of NES, but SNES. I've heard yeah. that more and on podcasts. I feel like there's a lot of people who are hardcore who say NES and SNES. And probably, they, they and now they got stopped. Well, no, anecdotally, no, growing they up, should have been stopped. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. anecdotally, growing up, yeah. most people called it Nintendo. That's like seventy percent. Yeah, and then we're gonna play Nintendo. For 20, sure. Then twenty percent said NES, mm-hmm. and then ten percent said NES. Yeah, NES was just not a term I heard a lot. Um, and then like, uh, and to throw fire on the other way, I guess, or oil on the fire is, uh, I always thought. NES in Earthbound was a reference. I think it still is. To Nintendo Entertainment System. And I'm like, oh, is it like like the Nintendo? So his name is NES, like a funny nod, haha. But I don't know, is it? Is I it think or not? It is. No, but it, does, does that it's, confirm it's it the other way? To, because it's a reference to one of the scientists' name who researched the Loch Ness Monster. Really? Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. See, so that makes sense because the spelling is N-E-S-S, right? No? Ah. Well, I mean, NES, ah. Nessie and N64, <laughs> Mario 64... <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh. it's not right. But yeah, even if his if Ness's name is a reference to the NES, you still gotta say NES. But do you, yeah, but his name is Ness, not NES. Well, whose name is NES? <laughs> not his. It's still a reference. <laughs> like it's still not. But no, this is this is WarioWare, guys. Yes. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a game that always is just poking fun of of itself constantly. It's just having a little bit of fun. And like I, I know you want to point out, there is no NES in Japan. There. It's yeah. just yep. Famicom, yeah. Family Computer, and how many people in Japan call it Family Computer? They just call it Famicom. They don't, and, you know, but they don't. They don't call it like FCM or anything like that. Nintendo Entertainment System NES. Yeah, it's a it's a outside. It's a term used outside of Japan for the console. So the authority on that are the people who 
work, you know, Nintendo of America, you know, Nintendo of Europe, essentially. They've always referred to it. If you go, if you go track down like Reggie interviews and stuff like that, where he speaks NES, they they always say NES stuff, but like having Satoru Wada at E3 say NES and Super NES, that's it. Like that's a pivotal moment. They're talking about the virtual console being unveiled. Like this is a huge thing. Listen, you heard that applause from that crowd. That was a big, that was a big deal. You got to get that right. NES, Super NES, and if you doubt that, as uh, Simmons uh, mentioned earlier, go go track down some other directs of his, especially the one where he talks about NES Remix. He said, Wada says, NES Remix. Like, yeah. any chance you can get it. Might not be the best pronunciation. It might be a little hard uh, to say sometimes, but it is clearly NES, not NES. And it's funny how we are today now, where we, we saw that clip, and everyone's going nuts for it. And now here we are today going... Where's where's our virtual console on Switch? Where's my NES and SNES games, Nintendo? Yeah, I want to pay like a subscription fee for them. Like it's it's funny how like the it's completely now it's an expectation and a disappointment that you don't have your old games all for. And I I agree to an extent. I'm like yeah, why don't why are you why are you turning down free money, Nintendo? This unlike you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just found that reaction a little funny now between. Then, which is like this amazing announcement, and I didn't never thought about that. Now, mm-hmm. and now it's like, where is it? Where my money? Yeah. Like, where my NES? Where my NES? If you're really weird, I guess. <laughs> but no, it's like I'd say, I think I think honestly, people were, were blowing the WarioWare a little too out of the water because yeah. it's WarioWare. It's always been a fun game. Um, it is it is literally a game being sent to die on the 3DS in 2018. Um, I'm sure it's fantastic. But, oh, it is. I've been playing it. It's fun. Yeah, I'm sure it's a fantastic game, but it's yeah. like, it was announced kind of briefly in one direct and then never heard from again from Nintendo. Yeah, it's officially. a because there's actually a lot of new, interesting things. I thought it would be just mini games all thrown together. Yeah. It's this weird story to it, and like they put a lot of effort into this. It, thing. It's like turning into like what, like the Wario's Woods or something, like this super late in <laughs> yep. the games, like Kirby's Adventure. Yes. This came out long after the system's prime, but guess what? It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel that's the, the unfortunate fate of this WarioWare game with like the zero advertising like i would this reminded me it existed when you said <laughs> viral hey, marketing did yeah. you hear about that nes thing and i'm like yeah. what thing and i'm like oh people are going nuts because they call it a nesu in in uh in in warioware and i'm like oh yeah that, guy, that game comes out in august oh yeah it exists oh that's yep. sad yeah <laughs> very true very true that is gonna wrap it up though good episode I want we to solved th- a lot of problems here today. Yeah, we did. We a lot of things worked out here. I want to thank every one of you who sent in questions for this episode. If you'd like to submit questions to be considered in future episodes of Friend Code, uh, look out for a post on Patreon for $5 and up patrons uh, the week that we'll be recording episodes, so every other week. And uh, I will do a post calling for your questions and submissions. And uh, just check the topics, keep the questions related to the topics we're talking about, more likely to get selected, and uh, I pick them to help drive the conversation, as you saw this time. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Simmons for coming down and uh, being on the episode. Oh, yeah. My uh, pleasure. And uh, where can uh, people check out uh, your guys' stuff if they're interested? I mean, honestly, you can just go, if you just YouTube or Google Yo! Video Games, you'll find us. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yo, video games. Um, you know, Maximilian, dude, Miles ninety three, whatever. If you want, like, that's mostly fighting game focused. Right. I'm the RPG and platformer guy, which is why I guess I'm here talking about Zelda. Because mm-hmm. you know, I still, I still say Zelda is the greatest game series of all time. 
Um, but that's just me. <laughs> that's not just you. No way. I might agree that's, with you. That's, if we're talking a series, yes. Yeah, like it's kind of like it's it, the the quality and the consistency is. It's hard to top Zelda. I feel. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Geo video games, you know, or or if you just look up like Assist Me Doom or Doom Assist Me on Twitter and Twitch, you'll be fine. But Yo video games will get you where you're going. Cool. Nice. And uh, thank you, Kyle. Yeah. For, for joining and sitting through all that Zelda talk. I like Zelda talk. I hope you hope you like the content. I learned a lot. I learned yeah. a bunch. I we we once met long ago and had a mm-hmm. long Zelda talk over some Skyward beef Sword on Skyward, Skyward Sword. Sword beef. Yes, and there's Skyward Sword beef. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, it just that oh, made, yeah. that showed me. I'm like, yeah, Kyle really does know what he's talking about with Zelda. He like he likes Viewers, Zelda too. Yeah, because I, I thought Mike was like the guy who knew everything you know about Zelda or old, cared does. that deeply about Zelda. Does. I'm like, yeah. there are more. Saying that there Kyle are more knows of us more out about there. Zelda yeah. than I do. Yeah. There you go. Like confirmed right now. Kyle <laughs> you know what's more. funny? I feel like I feel like Breath of the Wild has nobody's cranky about Skyward Sword anymore. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, I am. But I feel like it's <laughs> I feel like water under the bridge right now. You know what I mean? Like Breath of the Wild fixed a lot of things. It may, I think it Right. I mean, I oh, called yeah. my stream when I got it like the, yeah. the night it came out. I'm like the apology, the official apology for Breath of the Wild. Skyward or yeah. Breath of the Wild is apology for Skyward Sword. But yeah. Um no, no. I mean honestly, the only people who are going to argue about Skyward Sword are just the, the, the weird lore people like me at this point. Sure. Like otherwise you're just kind of like, "Oh, how was Skyward Sword?" Oh yeah, that was a game. I forgot. It came out like way after the Wii was dead. Yeah. So most people just uh-huh. forgot it existed just because of the timing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, with that, yep. Thank you again. Thank you all for some of your questions. And until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Or some other land. 